or on my page, but of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. Because, oh, this is Google. Doc. This isn't. <laughs> hey, Doc, how you doing? Good. Hey, on the image showing up, is it my static? Is it my static image? It's showing up. It's your glorious smiley face. Not not motion. It's just a picture. I'm good. I'm good. I got I got echo in the back. Someone's got their thing on. Can you guys hear that? Oh, Christ. yeah. There's there's like yes. That's all right. Second, I got to get my audio configured here. You guys have the worst luck with those computer. Doc, you got a new compa- a computer yet or no? Oh, Doc went away. Damn. He's fixing his audio. Yeah. <laughs> He's clickety clicking. Yeah, settings. You, you sound. Still your, is your uh, bipolar girlfriend uh, computer with us there, DT? Uh, yeah, it is. Well, so let, should I check the task manager? Yeah. It's perfectly fine. 3%. For now. Until she doesn't take her pills. Right. And then she says, I saw you texted somebody. Thank God right. we didn't have that when we were younger. I'm not getting audio. But it's something on my end. Let me mess with it here. We can hear you fine. He can't hear us. Okay, let me let me text him. This is all right. This is how it goes. John Steele should be joining us soon. When you type, it sounds like a timpani. What's a yeah. timpani? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those big drums. Can you hear us, Doc? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. So, yeah. I got the settings right now. Wonderful. You got a new computer to replace your $18,000 tray <laughs> supercomputer that you had I, go for on you? I had it fixed. Um, it was competing programs. So she had to take some stuff off and do some work in the registry. But thankfully, like nothing with one of the solid state drives or RAM or anything. No hardware. Um, no, that would have really sucked. And then I had to go to a wireless or a wired keyboard because I was getting too much uh, interference with my wireless between everything else I'm running down here. That was part of the problem too. Um, so it's all good. Like it's, it could have been a, a hell of a lot worse. I was expecting some really bad news, but. Uh, oh, I got, I got saddled with a $5,100 water bill uh, this past week. How the <laughs> hell did that happen? Water main broke. Just, just. July is the month of shit from Scorp- the scorpions were a pleasure. At least there was some fun in fighting the scorpions. But when your water main goes, it's like, God damn it. Now what? So they charge you what from halfway out from your house to the road or, or from halfway to the road to your house, you have to pay for. No, no, it's all the way to the road. Holy they got up. And what, what irks me is they, they kind of redid some of the, the lines. And so it was all dug up and they could have said, Hey, we'll connect your line. <laughs> For dirt, while we got this dug up, hey, do you want us to do it? Because actually, I used to have my water come from my neighbor's house. Because of course, that's that's what we'll do. Let's just right. You plug in. Aaron runs in a, a cord over there too, an extension cord, and gets his power from him and everything. Yeah, big green garden it. hose. Yes. <laughs> well, you just look at some of these houses, and and you gotta wonder from carpentry to wiring to plumbing, you go in and it's like, dude, this wasn't even up to code in 1950. What the hell were contractors doing? Like, oh yeah, we'll just put this in here and put that in. I mean, there was, my house almost burnt down one time oh. because they they wired it wrong and I had to have an electrician come in. And then um, the uh, 
it was my fault that I hadn't kept my gutters up to, to good enough shape that we got a little bit of leakage into the base. So that was my fault. But then they, then they say, well, let's just run another water main from the neighbor's house to this guy's house. This is of course back in the sixties or seventies or whatever. Right. So that thing finally blew. And then it's, Oh, well, yeah, you gotta get a new water main. And and I'm like, well, wait, didn't they put a new one in for me? And that was throwing them off before. I'm like, why didn't they just say, Hey, for a thousand dollars now, while we got your entire yard dug up, why don't we just run them? No, no, fifty one hundred dollars. So, so does that all happen at once, or is that spread out on your assessment, or how does that? No, no, I, I pay, I pay, I pay uh, uh, George, probably one of the last real tradesmen working men alive. He comes up, got your highly voice, smoking his cigarette. Yeah, I, I had to keep saying, "What, George? George, <laughs> stop slurring your speech. You're not even drunk." Tell me again. <laughs> You're going to have to have the thing dug up and gone around in the back because there's too much infrastructure up here. I'm like, oh, okay. So <laughs> they, they, they're reduced to shorthand speak over time, I think. They just kind of, a series of grunts is enough to communicate. <laughs> so you know, George. No, I, I just know oh. the ties. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I have. Yeah, that. sorry to hear about that. But it, I mean, yeah. I guess at least it's not winter. So, you know. No. No, that's what I told I told the GF. I said, "Thank God it's not winter now, because that would have really sucked." Because um, it was, you could hear yeah. it, it. It burst in between the houses, Jeez. and I swear to the city comes out. They're like, "Oh no, this is fine. Leaks can go on forever." Like, <laughs> yeah, they can go on forever until they fill in a or they create a what's it called a sinkhole. Right. Right. You walk out and there you drop down 50 feet. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'm just, and you could hear like all the water mains are shut off on my house, but you could still hear it going. (laughs) And they're like, you'll be fine. And I'm like, no, we're going to hang on. I got the alarm. Oh my. Wow. All right. I'm back. Oh yeah, your your uh, hourly uh, tornado. My hourly tornado Russians, <laughs> feminists attacking. Of course, of course. Air raid, air raid. Oh, but uh, yeah. So there's that, and then I got a call from my buddy down in Vegas, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I don't think the the vacuum on the pool is working." And and, and then the the uh, what else went? It's just like God. Seriously, I mean, I it's it's not that. I'm an agnostic or atheist anymore. Now I know I have proof God exists and he truly is a dickhead. He's just 100% grade A dickhead. Because then all of a sudden the the garbage disposal goes. I'm just thinking like, what the fuck is next? What the fuck is going to be next? And, then, and you're speaking as a minimalist, all these things yeah. are going on. I mean, that's the why we're minimalists is right. so that we don't have to maintain so much shit. Well, see, yeah. I would have had, I would have had, a full IRA, Roth IRA contribution, because I had nothing left to do. Got le- nothing left to do. Uh, this one month alone has prevented me right. from making a full IRA contribution. And yeah. it's, it's it, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, and then you got to pay estimated taxes and all that. So it's going to be probably more like December when everybody else makes the Roth IRA contribution, all 3% of people in the world. But it just, and there's nothing you can do about it, but it's, damn it if it still doesn't make you angry as hell. Right. I get it. Oh, and then what I was complaining about before, because that's all this show is really about, is me complaining. Um, so I got to fly to like four different events between now and the end of the year. 
one of which is an author meetup. Another one is a wedding. And then I got to go to Vegas. Uh, and like I was saying before, it's all great when you're 21 or something. But I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I'm kind of tired of traveling, like for non-fun purposes. Yeah. I mean, I love the bunker. The hunker bunker is called the hunker bunker for a reason. I mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah. At Mrs. DT does all of our um, fun planning because mm. I'm I'm perfectly content just you know chilling, hanging out. You know why why bother? And, and the part for me though is um, I don't know if it's if you guys find this to be true. Every time I go out on the road, someone almost kills me. I mean, it's like every single time. Oh, someone yeah. it, there's somebody's not paying attention, cuts you off, whatever. It could be. Uh, a little trip to the grocery store. I could, I yeah. have gone anywhere for a week and I head out the door and I, okay, I'm going to go, you know, brave the freeways and, and it's, it never fails. Someone almost kills me every single time. Like family road trips. Or are you just going down to the bar to get a beer or something? Yeah, It could, it could just be a little trip. It, it never, I mean, I'm working again and it, and it doesn't happen when you're going to work. I think I think people who drive during commutes are better than people right. not driving right. during commutes. I mean, yeah. when you're not when you're on the roads, when when no one else is on the roads, it's like people think that they can just do anything. And yeah, the worst drivers come out when there's no traffic. We were up in uh, Door County last week, and the the issue up there is people vacation. And they have no idea of how the roads work, you know, so it's small, these little communities of 200. So um, the infrastructure really gets drained and people are flying along and, and everybody bikes, you know, too. So you get, you'll come up over a hill. And so we're alert, but I've been reading more and more of bikers hit and killed up there. And, and even, mm-hmm. you know, we're really vigilant um, when, or I, I mean, when I'm driving, because you just get people up there who have no idea of the road system and just drive, just drive like crazy. Were you up there for work or were you up there for vacation? Ah, vacation. Um, it was nice. We did uh Canna Island lighthouse and two other range houses, Bailey's Harbor that were built in 1869. And I think Canna was 1874. And they, they, they pulled you over in um like a hay wagon with a tractor because the, the causeway is flooded over because Lake Michigan is so high. So they, you know, it's a couple feet over. So they have to take you. Wait, wait, the land. whole lake is a couple feet over. Yeah. Didn't you? It's, a, it's at like a 13 year high right now. I think one of the third highest in uh re- recorded modern history. Um, yeah. And superior is, you know, within the top 10 and, and what was it like five, six years ago, it was, you know, record low and they're talking about people having but now yeah i mean it it's it's at one of its um highest points you know at least in modern in modern time but yeah it's we we've gone up there many years and last year the causeway was flooded too but this way it was i mean this year it was definitely higher um so yeah i mean out of what 130 years or 40 years that it's been active i mean the causeway has typically been been able to go over it, you know, 99% of the time, except, you know, just a handful of years, but I, well, I had water no idea oscillated is, that much. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know the reason why, if it's all rainfall, if, or if there's just other, 
the change in water table or or what's you know what's happening? It was Cappy's broken main. That's what yeah, you know, yeah. it's like water bill right there. Just filled <laughs> up uh fill up Lake Michigan. I lapped my my daughter turns twelve um on August eleventh and I lapped her three times on the go-kart track. So yeah, I never let my foot off the accelerator. Like I just use my sheer strength to turn. So my car around every corner of the wheels are just, hurt, hurt. I'm sure the guys like, you know, that run in the place are like, dude, dude, come on, <laughs> don't do this. And then, yeah, I'd sneak up on my daughter and then the instant I had a chance is boom, fly by her. That's the only way you can win on those go-kart tracks is just to be completely fearless. And you can't win. Otherwise you got You got to, you can't use the brake if you want to win. No, no, it didn't, it, it didn't exist uh, at all. And then, Last year when we did it, she came into the the little hut where all the go-karts are when you're done. And she kind of came in there like half speed. She never slowed down. So she slammed right in the back of another. <laughs> she was okay, I mean, because it's just go-karts. And but I was like, Jesus, don't it's like you gotta you gotta slow down coming into here. You know, but uh it was it was, it was fun, you know. We we really had a good time. The weather was was nice. Went to Packer training camp and I got locked in the parking lot. Um, How do you get locked into the parking lot? What Lambeau Field? Yeah, yeah. So we we pull in, and um, most of the parking lot is empty. And I'm thinking this is unusual considering it's training camp. Um, but they had a lot of these stages they were taking down, so it seemed like the night before, the day before, they must have had concerts going on for something. So obviously the overhead stuff they're taking down, and and one of the side gates is open, so I go in. And then I park, you know, where typically I'd park for a game or something like that. But there's only two other cars. And I'm like, this is just really weird, but maybe they're just opening this up right now. And we go over the training camp and um, we're walking back from training camp. And that was actually weird, too, because as we started to walk back, uh, we're not like big fanatics. You know, we're not the people that run up to the players and sign this and sign this. Like, sure, this sure. On. We're just, so I have like a nicer Packer polo shirt on and tan shorts. So I kind of look a little bit like, you know, if I was on the field, someone might say he's somehow affiliated with the team, you know, like in the marketing or works in the front office somewhere, you know, and he's, so we actually got, we had players wrap around us as we were walking back to the, stadium to the pro shop wait 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 the actual green bay packers yeah, yeah. so they get out <laughs> and and they kind of wrap around us on the road and um we get into we get we get funneled into this like eight foot wide kind of fenced in area that goes up to the locker room so we're walking with the players and i'm like well this isn't right like we shouldn't and people are all on the outside like high-fiving the players and taking pictures and i'm like um and finally about 100 feet up because I'm just looking for a way out of this. Like Clay Matthews literally is walking next to me with some kid carrying his bike, you know, and stuff like that. And I'm not, I mean, so finally one of the Packer personnel comes up and says, you're not supposed to be walking in here. I'm like, dude, I totally know. Like we got, you know, I just, I went out. I wanted to get a bro shop. And of course it's me and my wife, my kids who have Packer jerseys. So we're benign. So he's like, okay, about 20 feet up ahead, the radios, they have a little opening. And then we just like went off on the side, no big deal. But then we get done in the, in the pro shop and I come out and the entire parking lot is locked down. And then they have the bollards. So you can't like do the old work around the stadium, the exits that you used to do in years past. So I'm driving and literally like forklifts are driving by me and all this other stuff. And 
I'm like, there's gotta be some way out of here. And finally, uh, I converge on some dude, some Packers, you know, guy on a go, not a go-kart, like a golf cart. And I, I flag him down and, I'm, and roll down the window and he goes, what are you doing in here? And I'm like, I said, I parked like on this, I parked in here and I'm trying to get out. I'm like, the gate's locked. He's like, oh God, I'm sorry. He said, we just opened it to let some semis in and we must not shut it right away. And he's like, follow me. So he, I drive down to this other part of the stadium and he lets me out and, oh man. But honestly, like I almost got hit like three times, like by a forklift, by a, a guy carrying two by fours, like just shows up out of nowhere, almost hits, hits the car. And then a semi almost backed into me. And I was like, I'm driving literally around like turf that's field turf that's out there. And it's like a video game, but um, hey, yeah, speaking talk- of green guys, speaking of green, green Bay. Yeah, we got you. Got your first super chat donation was, there, Cal. I was going to save the good news till later, but yes, we have super <laughs> chat and chat enabled. You got your first donation of six dollars hey! and sixty six cents. Six dollars. I know who that is. That's Atham. <laughs> it I is that him. Yeah, yeah, of course. He owes me. He owes me. So I went down and visited him. Did my motorcycle ride uh, from uh, Vegas up to Seattle, down back to uh, through Reno, and. Uh, Atham is a connoisseur of pipe tobacco. So he's got his pipe and he uh, smokes pipe tobacco and all that. And say, like, I'll get some cigars. So I go to like the one cigar lounge that's open in Reno. Reno, by the way, is a shithole. If, if you're ever thinking okay. of going, don't, <clears throat> don't, you can skip Reno. Uh, so I find this like, okay, they actually have cigars. They're not a head shop with, you know, uh, marijuana paraphernalia and pongs. Cause they'll say, yeah, cigar shop. You walk in, there's no cigars, but Hey man, do you want some vape or do you want like a bong man? And you're like, no, I just wanted fucking cigars. So I got some cigars. I go up and I, I there's Atham and everybody's really excited and happy. We had some other people kind of meet up with us and we all went around Lake Tahoe. I left the damn cigars there before I forgot. And so uh-huh. Atham sends me a picture like no more than two days ago. And he's got a, a cigar. And normally when he takes a picture, he's always got that smug, I know better than you face that I, you guys, I don't know, Doc, if you ever met Atham, but DT knows Atham. Okay. But he's kind of got this like, always oh, one eyebrow closed, kind of like, yes, I'm a couple steps ahead of you. His his smug face was even more smug than that. And he smiles. said, what's different about this picture? He looks like even more of an asshole than he normally does. What? What is? I'm like, son of a bitch, those are my cigars. I say, hey, are those my cigars? He says, well, they were your cigars. I'm like, Atham, Newman. It's just like, ah. <laughs> Newman. So, well, yeah, we pi- got. He's a pipe smoker. He's, I used to smoke pipe, and he's, yeah, he's really into that, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He knows his stuff, and he's got, like, all different sorts of pipes. Um, his old man is, too. I'd like to inevitably get to meet his old man, but his old man makes pens, um, and and woodworking, he also makes his own pipes. His uh, his dad does yes, something I else. Got, I got the uh, pen he made me right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he sent it to me, forwarded on to you. Um, his dad is crafty. He's not just like some schmo who who does normal things. He's he's a, he's an artisan of or artsman of some kind. Uh, but I'd like to me and then like it's always fun over at the Atham household because when his family comes visit, he took his grandpa, I think shooting guns out in Las Vegas and they did all this fun. It was like, they're on this really cool field trip. Like if That's you had cool. a cool school, they'd, you know, you'd want Atham to be the principal. Cause like, yeah, we're going to go shoot guns. We're going to go to the casino and then we're, we're going to go here and we're going to go another, look for caves. Another uh, super chat with a question. 
That's what we're doing. This that's why we're doing this, right? We are. I'm. I'm, I'm kind of. I don't know. I can do this I, if it comes well, in. I say the question, right? Well, hold, hold it, hold it, young Padawan. I know you're <laughs> all very excited here, but there's going to be some rules. I, John was tentatively going to join us, but I didn't hear back from him. So you will now be the keeper of the chat room. Okay? Oh, that's too much responsibility. <laughs> but um, let's go ahead. Yeah, with the super chats, let's go ahead and knock out the. Uh, if there is a question, let's go ahead and do it. I'm going to save the chat and the questions for later towards the end of the show. But let's let's go ahead and try to run it here since that person paid money. All right. Yeah, this is from Ali Ikram. I think is how you pronounce that. I have an offer from a small CPA firm and interviews with a medium one. What is a good pay rate for the small one? And should I take it? Well, it depends where it is. I mean, yeah, right. if you're over in, I mean, if you're in New York, it's obviously going to be a hell of a lot higher than it is, say, Dubuque, Iowa. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, there's no way to tell. Um, but I, I would almost hold off for the medium size one. I mean, it's okay. See, I, I'm sort of going through this too. I mean, if you, if you have an offer, you can always take it and then still interview with the other one. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from, I mean, you should always be looking anyway. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree with that, Aaron, but I told I, I did a consultation uh, yesterday. Did asshole consulting? Um, where the guy had that? Delaware. You said he's yeah. in Delaware. By Delaware. The way. Okay, so what? Wilmington. That's got to be somewhat pricey, I'd imagine. Um, I don't know. You'd have to look it up. I, I, I'd say if it was Minnesota, Minneapolis, I'd say fifty-five, fifty as a CPA. But Wilmington, Delaware, could be. There's cost of living adjusters. What what he could do is take national starting salary for CPAs and then go look up COLA uh, adjuster and it should do a cost of living adjustment based on nation average to Wilmington, Delaware. Um, But to get back to the original philosophical question, uh, I told the kid, I'm like, dude, these employers will screw you over and lie to you as you're fully aware they're DT. Yes. Uh, And they, they, I've had employers renege on offers they gave me. I have employers completely lie about job descriptions. You have no loyalty, none oh, yeah. to employers, none. Yeah. And if and if they wanted to keep you, they would have offered you a job you couldn't refuse. And so if you know the small CPA firm is going to lowball you and you know pay you whatever forty grand, I guess would be lower nowadays for a CPA. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You need to, you need to eat. Go ahead, take it. And then if two days later it comes by, like, yeah, sorry, it ain't working out. I got a higher job offer. And they can fucking sit and spin for all I care. Yeah. What do you think about small versus medium versus large? Um, Starting out, you want to go large, established, blah, blah, blah. But in the realm of CPA ship, like, you can have reputable small CPA firms and they're stable. I just remember, like, startups and dot-coms and all the, the small startup businesses when I worked in banking. And... um it's like no, it don't don't fuck around with these startups. They're just small business owners are morons. They're freaking <laughs> morons. They're inept. They're incompetent. I mean, it's not to say that two out of ten don't make it and one becomes incredibly successful. But I, I, well, you remember DTI? Maybe not so much because of uh, the dot com days. And well, Doc, you're the same age. You probably but sure. all these people were going to go work for dot coms back in the late nineties. Oh yeah. And, you know, they'd get a job offer at Wall Street. Oh, I'm going to work for a doc. Well, where are they now? You know, 98% of those things went out of business. So I, I always go with, and I worked for a dot-com that went out of business. And as early on, get yourself a stable company, pay off those loans, get some work experience under your belt, you know, but be a whore. Be a whore. 
Take whatever, <laughs> take the highest paying best job you can. Well, yeah. And I think negotiate like, you know, cert- additional certifications and things like that into the package. That's what I always used to do. Like I'll do this, but you will also pay for, you know, these classes I'm going to take, which will pick up this certification and this and this and this. And they would usually go for that because, you know, a gamble on theirs that they'd roll a dice and say, you might not even complete it. So yeah, we'll, we'll put it out there. But I, I picked up a lot of certifications and stuff off the employer's back. And the little bigger, did they know you were the Dr. Perodin. Yeah, yeah. Little did they know that. You know, last and, and just to give a plug, yesterday or a couple, two days ago, I interviewed uh, Charles Mack, who left U.S. Steel for a position with the University of Pittsburgh, their uh, medical center. And he's an IT guy. And he talked about how he picked up a ton of certifications when he was with U.S. Steel and then parlayed that into the position over at uh, Pittsburgh Medical. So, I mean, good for him. And he knew what he was doing. Anything that they offered by him, you know, do you want to get this? Do you want to get your certified ethical hacker certification, which sounds pretty rough, but, um, but yeah, he went for it. And I, I, I think those things are out there too. So, you know, look at that whole package, but yeah, bigger companies definitely going to have a, a, more they'll have more leverage on insurance and things like that to help you mm-hmm. when you're starting out too you know for your insurance coverage but i guess if you're single it's probably not that big of a deal but if you have a family um until you can leverage that hey, if all these asshole employers are going to demand cpe and masters preferred and all that other shit then they can pay for it that's i, I, I was, was, that, was that was my that was my perspective too yeah, I mean, and thankfully at this stage of the game, I mean, there's nothing I have to get as additional certifications. But yeah, I was like, you want it, you're paying for it. Well, and then if Ali is still listening and everybody else, just so you know, when we're talking additional certifications, we're not talking diversity certifications <laughs> or how to how to how to be touchy feely diversity or sensitivity training. We're not talking about uh, sexual harassment expert. You know, get like real hardcore. Well, what's the CPAs? They got other stuff. There's you can get tax certifications, audit certifications. CMA. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of additional branches you can go off on that, though, right? I mean, if Chad oh, was yeah. here, he could tell us. But, but yeah, Chad's in love. Oh, Chad, God. he's a hey, he's got a he's got a looker. You guys are got a. We could pick on to pick on him and talk about him behind his back, of course, because that's what assholes do. Uh, no, he got he got himself a good looking gal. And what now? Honest to God, who is it? <laughs> Who gets the? You know what? God damn it! Just it's a. I can't shut this goddamn thing off. <laughs> hey, we got another uh, question. Okay, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna create a new rule here. Bitch. Okay, yeah, just tell me, tell me how you want me to handle this. Right, just I'll, hang on, hang on. Let's wait for it'll, Doc. It'll. It's. It's a <laughs> research. Who are you gonna vote for? Firm. And I thought. Anyway, sorry. We're going to create the curse jar. It's going to be a, a, a metaphorical curse jar. If there's any interruption, whoever has the last unprofessional interruption in the podcast, including myself, has to pay whatever super chat money is into the oh. kitty. And then we divide it. Whoever, I'll figure out something like that. There we go. That'll make sure everybody's phones are off. You have to match the super chat money. <laughs> It's gonna be. It's gonna be yeah, tough. For there's Anna. gonna be no guests on your show from here. On <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I'm always looking for the. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, but yeah, that's a. It's a phone that's up on the wall here. So. Oh, you got a landline still? Yeah. 
I know you're in Wisconsin, but I mean, and I know you like your 1960s bomb shelter, but you know, you could, you could up, you don't need, do you need a landline? Uh, probably not. Oh, all right. No, Ditch it's, it. it's part Ditch of the it. charter package. I, I got to revisit that too. Cause every time charter is on TV, it's like 1999 a month for whatever. I'm like, what the hell I'm paying, you know, in my package with them. But you know, if you're an existing customer, they screw you over. You can't. Yeah. They don't care. Get that. Yeah. So I'll have to, I'll have to play hardball dropping you. I'm gone. There you go. Cut the cable. All yeah, right. What's right. the question they got in the chat room uh, there? Deep from Krillin eight, seven, six, $5. Well, that prom- promotes them right to the top of the heap. All right. So cap, would you tell, and I don't quite understand this All right. cap. Would you tell a guy behind you in Panera bread that he is falling for an MLM scam when scammer goes to bathroom. Oh, I see. Maybe what not that in mean? line. He, okay, what what he's talking about? This is probably he can maybe clarify it in the chat room. He was probably at Panera Bread, um, and he was probably sitting down, and there were two people having a meeting. One of which was a, a MLM multi level marketing guy who oh, wanted okay. like you know Quick like Star. Uh, Quick Amway. Star or Amway, right? Yep. Hey, you can sell. Coffee cup, yeah, exactly. Zippy yeah. things or whatever, you know. Whatever Mary Kay, up. Mary Kay, yeah. Right, right, and da 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 da. And um, yeah, if he wants to be a good Samaritan, I would, I would, because here's here's the problem with those, yeah, mar- I would say, mul- yeah. yeah, with those multi level marketing plan programs, they really um, prey upon the poor the destitute, the disadvantaged, and, and frankly, the unintelligent. I'm not going to call them stupid or dumb because that would be pejorative, but people who aren't that bright. And if, if you're already operating from a disadvantage, be it that you're poor or you, you don't have a lot of money uh, or you're just not that intelligent, this is way too tempting. And then you just waste your time. Yeah. A lot These- of them – are outright scams where you got to contribute like, Oh, you got to buy our gear. You got to buy inventory for like $5,000. Those are illegal and outright scams. But yeah, I mean, I think he should tell that person, sure. a male or female to that. They should. Uh, th- these guys are annoying as fuck too. I mean, I was at the gas station one time, just pumping gas, minding my own business. This guy next to me, I'm like, I sort of recognize this guy. He, he must, I must've went to high school with him or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he recognized me. And he said, hi. And I'm like, hi. And then he starts on his, hey, have you ever wanted to own your own business? And it's like, <laughs> fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. You guys are bottom feeding assholes. I mean, they'll take every opportunity to try to rope you in their scam. If mm-hmm. you know them, if you know them even just from, I don't know, from, I mean, this was a guy in high school I hardly ever talked to. And and he that was his end. Oh, I know this guy from high school. <laughs> Well, another thing they don't tell you is they, um, they, you burn your social bridges. Like you, you just blow through family and friends, yeah, and you have yep. no social uh, network anymore. And they don't tell you that that's like that's the true cost. And right. I don't know if you guys remember. It was more. It was more of a girl things, but they did like the the wine parties or something. Do you remember? Like about mm. ten years ago to eight years ago. The girls would sign up for wine tasting parties and you'd have yeah. parties at your house and everyone would come over, typically girls, but they say, Hey, do you want to taste some wine? I'm like, like, 
you and me drunk in my place watching the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you maybe put on that uh, naughty Catholic schoolgirl outfit? Like, yeah, I'll take some wine. <laughs> no, we're going to go to Tina's house. I'm like, oh, I hate Tina. And this is all made up anyway, but I'm trying to paint the story in everybody's mind. Oh, fuck, right. I hate Tina. Nobody likes Tina. And uh, But, yeah. you know, she's she's having trouble, and she's going to start her own business. I was like, no, right. it is not your own business. This is <laughs> – you're you're at best a contractor, a low level contractor. Or you're that row on the pyramid. You're that row on the pyramid. Yeah, yeah you're that row on the. Or uh, there was another one where you would sell makeup. Oh, there's there's a uh, pampered yeah. chef. Yes. Pampered yeah. chef. Yes, yes. So there was that whole spate of them where you could sell your own makeup line, and you could sell your own pampered chef, and you could do this, you could do. And they always said that is like, well, I'm running my own business, so she's running her own business. And I say. And, and stupid male me, stupid dumb Aaron. I'm thinking like, is she freelancing for computer programming on the side? Or maybe is she, uh, I didn't know she had any entrepreneurial spirit within her. I'm very curious to see what my friend Jessica, which isn't her name, started. Like, yeah, I'm selling my own makeup line. I'm like, you make your own makeup and import it from China? I said, no, it's part of this larger company. I, uh, Mary Kay? <laughs> I get a pink Cadillac if I sell enough. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All just to avoid going and majoring in math. All just to avoid the maths. The it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's just it, and it does. You know, I've got a few family members, or one in particular that that does that, and you sort of just get guilted into it. You know, like, mm -hmm. well, yeah, you're trying to help them. It's like charity almost. It's oh, just it is. right, right. Yeah, I'll buy your specialized cheese. I'll take one block. <laughs> I don't want another block. Just give me this one. <laughs> Hope that pays your kid's way through college, which it won't. <laughs> I've got a question here that's not a, not a donation, though, but I was curious what you thought about it, too. All right. Because it's sort of the big news of the day, Cap. All right. Well, Alex Jones getting banned by everybody. Uh, do we have to talk about adult shit now? I just, <laughs> I just think it's very uh, timely. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's something that you worry about. Um, it, I think why this big, podcast exists. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a big development in this whole kind of. I I agree, and I think we can bridge that too. Of uh, uh, Stefan Molyneux and Lauren Southern um, had their event shut down an hour oh, really? before it was supposed to start in New Zealand, oh, so everybody was there waiting to go in, and they they shut it down. And now basically, they're deplatforming them everywhere they're going. Who's who's they? Is it the venues or is it it's the, the venues? It's but okay, so it's the venues, the, not the government. But well, but the venues aren't. But it's probably the government is influencing the venues. You know, coming in and saying, "Hey, we're not providing police protection or whatever." And you're on your own and the venues then are canceling. That kind of happened to Cernovich, you know, back when he was doing that stuff um, in D.C. But, yeah, so it's a tactic that's working right now. Um, but anyway, yeah, to go into Alex Jones and then if we want to bridge it off. But I was thinking because I watched I watched a couple interviews yesterday with uh, with uh, Southern and Molyneux. And they they both were kind of saying, yeah, if this is the strategy, it's going to be really hard for them unless they hire their own security to really, you know, do these events. They can, because they can hire my buddy and me and my buddy yeah. runs a security team. We'll put it together. I just want 75% of Southern, Laura Southern's <laughs> income because she didn't earn it. I want, <laughs> I want her looks income given to talent. I'll say, I'll protect your S, but it is though. I agree with you, DT. I mean, the Alex Jones, when I saw that, I, 
I think that's it, it, it's really um, he it's really, it. It's, it, yeah it's it's really scary. Yeah, it's the the only thought I've had because I was on a an earlier podcast today, uh, RogueMoney.net, uh, of which there are multiple shows, and the gentleman that had me on was V the Gorilla Economist. So if you can't remember RogueNet uh, or RogueMoney.net, you just just remember V the letter V Gorilla Economist. You'll find him. Um, we're talking about that on his show and you know what? I was golfing when I heard about it and, and this, this gets right back to the enjoy the decline because what are you going to do about it? Alex Jones, what I want to know, uh, intellectual curiosity is exactly what were the, what videos or what did he do? What did he say that resulted in him getting deplatformed from multiple, um, platforms? Within hours of each other, what well, was it, what did he say? Did and I'm not. He's documented. Say he's documented basically. I mean, he's predicted it because he's been watching how basically he's been deplatformed for things he didn't say. What what's happened is is that the media has been relentless in basically what li- lying about him, okay. basically lying, and and it's 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 sort of like I think we talked about it last week where Donald Trump says. There are people coming into this country illegally. Some of them are rapists. Some of them are murderers. Mm-hmm. And suddenly that became, he's calling all Mexicans rapists and murderers, right? The right. same thing basically happened to Alex Jones. And so that that was their excuse then to deplatform him. To okay, all right, all right. But, so whatever he said or did not say, <clears throat> I want to know. I'd like to see what what was it? What were the videos? YouTube? What was the thing? Facebook? What was uh, Apple? What did he say that violated it and 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 broke? It? And then and then I could go ahead and judge. But I, again, I don't right. care. I'm enjoying the decline. My life is too damn short. I right. can almost already predict where this is going because they will come back and say, "Well, we can't really point it out." Blah, blah, blah. Which gets back to Dr. Perodin's point. This is incredibly scary because I I didn't listen to the Alex Jones show. Uh, tooth and nail. I was not. I, I was a fan, but last I remember, he was just kind of like this goofy conspiratory uh, theorist, right? Right. And and he never really used the N word or said we got to kick non-whites out. Or he never took some kind of. He'd take a loopy position, um, right. But nothing that I would say would qualify as uh, uh, genuine racism or bigotry or, or whatever else like that. And so since this is. Yes, he is far right, but not hate right or whatever. Well, we're only a couple arcs, arc seconds away. And if he's going to go, well, then they're going to go for that one. And Overton's window will slowly move yep. to quite literally, unless you are leftist, these companies will deplatform you. Right. Now, that may take five decades, in which case I don't care. I'll be dead. And I hope all your children have a lot of guns and a <laughs> lot of good um, cover, scramble cover tactics. But uh, I, I just... I, I can't care because it's not in my control. It pisses me off. I would like to see everybody. I like I've made this point before. I'd like to see all, not some. About the only thing I would say I don't want to hear about is pedophiles. That's the only thing I don't want to have a platform. But I want to hear communists. Yeah. I want to hear terrorists. I want to hear the Black Panthers. I want to hear the KKK. And not only. Because as principles, everybody should have the freedom of speech. 
but for other reasons, namely, well, it's a lot easier to find out if a terrorist attack is coming if the fucking terrorists open up their yaps. Right. It's a right. lot easier to find out if the communists, you can see who the communists are. It helps out the FBI or all these other people that are trying to stop or, or you know, one could even make the same argument that for pedophilia, you could track down the, 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 the pedophile rings and the child prostitution rings. Um, and then the other thing is I, I already know what the economic, philosophical, and political arguments are for freedom, low taxes, free markets, uh, uh, and, and, and general economics and stuff like that. It's boring after a while. You know what? I'd like to hear what the Black Panthers have to say. If for any other reason, shits and giggles. I'd like uh, to hear what the communists have to say. I'd like to hear what the, the rabid feminists like to say. I'd like to hear what the white nationalists have to say. If for anything else, true diversity of thought and entertainment. Don't, just, don't agree with it, right. but would still right. just be something different. And, it, and that is what really pisses me off on a philosophical standpoint is – well, and heck, we can – go ahead. I got to pull up an article, but you guys go ahead. But see, you're, you're, you're an intellectually honest, curious person, and like you said, that doesn't have any power. These corporations, YouTube, Google, Facebook, all of them, they have tremendous power, tremendous mm -hmm. power. And they started these things as you know, kind of portraying them as the public square – and now, and and it's one hundred percent proven now that they are selectively uh, not allowing people into that public square based on their politics, basically. Right. And and um, yeah, I I think it's a uh, it's a really really bad thing. I, I hope somebody with power does something about it. Are you I Republican? Think yeah. <laughs> <I don't think laughs> oh, 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 the comedy hour with DT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't expect that to happen. Um, but they're moving pretty quick here. I I mean the thing about this Trump election is that, and people have said this, it seems like we didn't win. I mean, with everything going on, it seems like Trump didn't win, that they just keep moving forward. Right. in this effort to basically take over. Well the, and, the and and they know that that most of humanity is the herd. And if you're able to, to shut out the voices that might shepherd them in a different direction, um, you've got them. And right. that's what's happening. So if there, if there was, and this is where, well, the rare times I may actually call up my congressman and say, are you guys going to do anything to protect the freedom of speech? There's previously established law of which, again, I'll tip my hat to Matt Forney, where there was a, a company store, basically a company town in Alabama. <clears throat> uh, it was private property. There was a road that they built, but it was also for trucks and things to come through. And a lady from the Jehovah Witness wanted to uh, go door to door listing books or selling books or something like that about the Jehovah's Witness. They said, you can't do this. This is private property. But then they came down with the ruling that uh, yet that uh, Dr. Perodin now has to match up two. <laughs> Two super chat donations because of that phone that cost them $25 a month. Um, but what the ruling ever so shortly was, it's like, look, if you have the public forum or the public square uh, and there is no other opportunity, you have to allow people the freedom of speech. Now, at any point in time, <clears throat> one of these conservative nonprofits that are managed by a bunch of dipshits with their, right. their own ass 
or the Republicans who are too busy trying to ask, uh, has anyone seen my balls recently? Where are my balls? Uh, at any point in time, someone could actually go to the courts and start <clears throat> breaking it up, trust busters, yeah. starting to say, you know what, Google, you got to allow for all this stuff. You you are now acting like a monopoly. They could do that. But, you know, they're not. And, and, I, and I know this sounds so petty, but this is how little faith I have. Again, this is why yeah. I wrote the book, Enjoy the Decline. It's not worth my time right. to go down to the congressman's office if he or she is in town. Knock on the door. Because I'm going to talk to some dipshit political science major who's interning, who knows, sucking my congressman's dick. You just don't know. And I say, this is very important. I need to talk to the congressman. Well, he's very busy, and we have the staff. Would you like to talk to the secretary? No, I'd like to talk to the congressman. Or I could write a letter, and it's just going to be a waste of my time. It's going yeah. to be a waste oh, of yeah. half a yeah, day. Complete waste. Complete. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, this is the lunch counter, though. This is exactly the same thing. I mean, how is YouTube, Twitter, Facebook any different than the lunch counter of the 60s? Oh, you're not letting us eat at the lunch counter. I mean, we should start hanging what, up what, signs. Hold it, hold it. Hold it. I, you lost me. What do you mean lunch counter? Denying blacks uh, the right to sit at the lunch counter. Right? Oh, okay. I mean, All right. Civil okay. rights. It's the Civil Rights Act. That you know, we're, we're not, you're, your kind ain't allowed here. You can't eat here. You're black. We should start hanging up signs um, uh, where it's, where, you know, wasn't it uh, like drinking fountains would be coloreds and then whites or whatever, right? They'd hang yeah, signs. Yeah, I know why. What happened? out of this fountain and the whites it up we should start hanging conservatives you know conservatives you need to be here but everybody else can be here mm -hmm. um it's just i don't it's maddening to me how simple it is and yet it's not it doesn't break through to the herd mentality of how this is just completely 100 exactly what you people fought against in the 60s and rightly so you fought against in the 60s and now you're doing the exact same thing I mean, is this just revenge? What, what, what are you? It's, it's, it's fanaticism. It's ideologues or ideology. Um, <clears throat> if they actually, if they had any intelligence about it, I mean, flip side it. Remember how the left lost, lost its collective shit when uh, Kennedy announced his retirement? Yes. Because they were right. all freaking out. It's like, wait a minute. You changed the rules. Right. And now we're, now it gets to be re retroactively applied to you. And now you're freaking out. Well, now they're celebrating. I guarantee that the leftists are, are, are having communal masturbation parties right now because Alex Jones was taken down and they think this is great. Well, what's going to happen another eight years or whatever from now when, yeah, there's, right. when, a, when a conservative company, if they exist, decides, no, we're going to de-platform or we're not going to serve liberals or Democrats or, or whatever else or <clears throat> something equivalent to that. Yeah. And, they're gonna, and then they're going to howl and claim it. It's like, wait a minute, you've just destroyed the freedom of speech. You're celebrating it a little bit ago, and now you're you're panicked because the the tables have been turned on you. And the the problem is, you might have gotten <clears throat> oh a, a '60s intellectual to understand this. Maybe a Gore Vidal would understand this. But right now, there's no such thing as a leftist intellectual. There might be a few that are still alive, but they're they're old and they're dying and they're dwindling. The majority of quote intellectual leftists or leftist intellectuals. Um, are, are robots. They are ideologues. They do not have the capacity nor the desire. They are so filled with hatred for non-leftists. 
uh, because that's almost what their entire ideology is, is that any victory is a good victory, even if it completely warps the battlefield right. to the point it would be, it would one, ruin the game of democracy, right. Uh, right. but then two, could be turned on them if the position is slightly different on the field. Yeah, I, re- I read, uh, or I didn't read, but I, I listened to uh, Gavin McInnes get off my lawn um, this week, and the episode was about comedy. And he was saying, you know, just how comedy has been destroyed by um, this hyper filter that you have to put into every single joke, every single bit um, to, to measure what uh, what could be perceived as offensive and what could potentially end your career. And he said, you know, it's it's become so strained at comedy clubs for these, you know, comedians to come up and to do their bits. He said it's not even funny anymore because mm-hmm. they, they're just treading on water. And I was talking when I interviewed uh, Charles Mack, you know, um, we were talking about the IT side of things, how HR can come to IT and say, shut down this person's email or files and whatever. And, you know, we're doing an investigation because of uh, a hostile work environment claim or something like that, you know, which, which gets into almost this, this Alex Jones thing. But um, I think I was talking with you guys earlier about that. Uh, that's, that's not let up. Um, that is still... That is a, a, an effective tool to um, keeping people marching to the drum of the the company, you know, because if we can we can separate employment with you for the reason of this hostile work environment and, you know, it's you, you can't prove it. You can't prove your that you didn't contribute to it because. I mean, they freeze all of your documentation, <laughs> your records. And if you did try to argue it, um, then you're going to be known publicly as arguing this, that you were, you know, someone claimed a hostile work environment, which could be because maybe you didn't participate in, a, you know, diversity awareness activity or something like that, you know. Um, so it's it's it's. Really? It's it's even worse than that, though. It's if I'm at the office on the company's clock, and I violate their um, safe work policy or whatever. Okay, I can understand. I was under your. You have these rules. You can set up whatever rules you want. That's fine. I violated these rules. You as a what pisses me the fuck off is Miss HR Bintface. Remember when they were asking for Facebook passwords? Oh, Remember this when is the, all part of it, Aaron. This is all part of it. Yeah, looking for the social media stuff. Uh, or, outside, yeah, same. outside of work, that's yep, where it's absolutely. like, get your Nazi Hitler dick out of my ass. Right, and right. and that's where, unfortunately, I even wrote a piece about this, but it it transcends. Uh, I used the, a little bit of clickbait in the title. I, said it, I wrote it on LinkedIn. It says, should white males work for Fortune 500 companies? And I concluded that you absolutely should not because you have an uphill battle. You're going to put a lot of work and effort into your uh, your um, career, blah, blah, blah. Um, but if the rabbit hole has gone this far down and everyone's like, you know, a safe work environment. Well, shoot, anyone, forget race or gender or whatever else. Anyone who's got a mental illness can then accuse somebody else of, of some kind of harassment or whatever. And anybody who's hardworking should not be putting forth their future career efforts and hopes and, and employment in the hands 
of employers now. And where it's where the ultimate conclusion that I have is the same one I'm going to recommend here to anybody listening is if you want to be successful and you don't want to live in this fucking Orwellian nightmare, and that's what it is. It's not a mm-hmm. book anymore. It's happening today. You have to be self-employed. You have to. Or you at least have to have no leverage, right? No debt. No, I mean, you got you got to not need the helps. job. Yep. Right. Yeah, you got to not need the job, but you in, you inevitably have to work up the money to pay off a house. You got to right. play ball a little bit, especially uh, the younger people nowadays graduating from college. Most of you have debt. You have to play ball somewhat. Yep. And it's probably going to be the worst part of your life is the five to even 10 years of, because I was there, <clears throat> I was there when I was like, hey, we shouldn't lend this money to the guy with the 390 credit score. Uh, and then I just, you know, the the nail gets the hammer. Um, it's going to drive you mad. Uh, but man, it should just drive you harder, faster, and stronger to get a damn good skill, uh, uh, an almost <clears throat> um, unfireable position. Like you want to be the brain surgeon where you're just like, okay, I'll just go to the next hospital over. You want to have the position where they say, well, we have diversity training or when you're interviewing, I was going to recommend this to Ali. I say, yeah, I don't do diversity training or sensitivity training or any other training that assumes I'm an uh, uncouth, impolite child that doesn't know how to act like an adult. Uh, you, you almost have to be bulletproof going into that career into work, the corporate working environment, pay off your debts as quickly as possible, get yourself some rental property or something, and then continue to be a minimalist. And then, then maybe around the age of 35, you're free. Right. But and basically it's, uh, we talked about this before on a podcast where in college, it's just kind of keep your head down, put up with the bullshit until you get your degree mm-hmm. that has extended now into your early working life. It just mm-hmm. keeps extending. Right. So now well, you have to yeah. keep your head down, put up with the bullshit, say, yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, I'll do. I'll go to the diversity training. I'll grab the rain stick and say that I'm a horrible white man. You know, <laughs> just just uh, go go through all the bullshit just to use that job for the money to get free. Found it here. <clears throat> I did pull this up. Hang on. Give me a second here, you guys. All right. oh, too many. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. I think and I I think another part of this, you know, the side hustles, anything you can do to build up your wealth, you know, get the mortgage payments and stuff like that. Um, any, I never turned down a class I was offered to teach adjunct. I think I've taught. I, I'm teaching a, a class um, that starts in a few weeks, mm-hmm. but I think it'll be my hundred and second class. Maybe I was looking like, you know, that I've taught just on the side, but I never turned down anything ever. Anyone offered that anyone. I mean, if there were if, now with consulting, I mean, if there's stuff that's not in my wheelhouse, I'm not going to extend out beyond my knowledge base, but I would never take it because if I could take it, work it, you know, do it well, bank the money, get the mortgage bank toward retirement, get away from, yeah, the corporate influence and all of that. Here, this, this is an article I did want to talk about. It just, it, it shows you how scared, I mean, the government is getting these companies to do their job for them. Um, <clears throat> but you guys are smart guys. So I'm going to read through this article, grab a piece of paper and a pencil and, and try and follow the math on this. I, I think I have the math right. Uh, this is from CNBC and it is... <clears throat> Nine months old, uh, Facebook pledges to double its 10,000 person safety and security staff by the end of 2018. 
The bullet point reads, Facebook has 20,658 employees as of June 30th. So a year ago, it had 20,600 employees. Uh, Facebook has told investors that it plans to keep hiring staffers focused on security. Uh, the announcement comes just ahead of Facebook's quarterly earnings report on Wednesday. So here's the actual article. And let's see if we can do some math. <clears throat> Facebook, under intensifying pressure from legislators and consumers to clean up its site, is pledging to double the number of people it has working on issues related to safety and security. Colin Stretch, a vice president and general counsel at Facebook, testified before senators on Tuesday alongside executives from Twitter and Google. He told them that Facebook's staff focused on sensitive security and community issues will grow to 20,000 by the end of next year. So I don't know if that's <clears throat> 10,000 people already exist. They're adding another 10,000. But that's listen, it sounds like to me, it sounded like they had a staff of 20,000, half of which were devoted to policing the platform, and they agreed to double that. So two-thirds of their staff are now just focused on, quote, safety. Right. right. Well, here's, here's what is sensitive security and community issues. Now, what the hell does that mean? That right. means censorship. Right. Yes, censorship. Oh, yep. man, Dr. Perodin is paying so much money. Everybody donate to the Super Chats now. We want Doc to be like having to owe us like $2,000 or something. <laughs> so I don't care what euphemism they call it. Um, and I'm sure there is actual general cybersecurity. Like you don't want things hacked. You want people's, I, I got that. But community issues, this is that HR fucking doublespeak Orwellian raising awareness type of, uh, of, of, of pablum where they hide it in. Just say censors. Just say censors. That's what it is, yep. Uh, 20,000 by the end of next year. Today, across our safety, security, and product and community operations team, we have about 10,000 people who are working on safety and security generally, Stretch said during the Senate Judiciary Committee. His name is Stretch? Stretch. His name is Stretch? Stretch, yeah, Stretch. Jesus. Is that Uh, his nickname? Hey, Stretch, you play first base? (laughs) He looks like uh, Anderson Cooper. Gay and gray. That's, um, <clears throat> we have about 10,000 people related to Russian interference. We're committing to investing more and doubling that number by the end of 2018. So, so far, is my math correct? They got 10,000 now. They're going to have yes. 20,000 by the end of this year. Yeah, and it said earlier in the article their total staff, I thought, was 20,000 or something. I, so 20,000, 10,000 of which is already yes. sensor-related. So – Two-thirds is the math, right? Two-thirds? Okay. That's that's an enormous personnel commitment for Facebook. As of June 30th, the company had a total of 20,600 employees. The groups that specifically focus on terrorist content include thousands of workers broadly and 150 who spend all their time removing terrorism-related comment stretch. Only 150 are focused on removing terrorism? Only 150 out of of 10,000 back then. All right, here's some more math. Here's some more math. Facebook has already said it would hire 3,000 content moderators to review and take down videos of violence and suicide attempts. The company has also previously said it would hire 1,000 more people to review and take down ads. This additional 10,000 is inclusive of a 4,000 already planned. The company said some of the new hires will be contractors. And just some more conclusion about it. Contractors from DARPA or the CIA. I mean, what's uh, it? <laughs> well, that's it. This is my question. From, from take away the 
freedom of speech and do quasi-monopolies have the right to do this and should they do this, blah, blah, blah. As a shareholder, I don't want two-thirds of the labor going to babysitting content. Right. Like if Aaron was uh, Mark Zucker-Clary, let's say you had Mark Zucker-Clary. He's up. He's the new CEO. I'd be like, you two-thirds of people are fired. New policy. Put up whatever you want. FBI, CIA, police, fuzz. If there's pedophiles or some kind of genuine crime or some kind of uh, terrorism, why don't you go ahead and use our Facebook platform and infiltrate those communities online? Terribly sorry. That's the way of the world. Uh, we will report pedophiles. But, you know, hey, freedom of speech, da-da-da. It's out of our hands. Like, you completely remove yourself from it. Change your turn. Facebook is not held responsible for anything you post. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You cut your labor costs by two-thirds. Right. Right. And you're not even part of this. You're not part of this. You're not called to testify in front of Congress. Right. But that's not – that's – that's not what they want to do. That just proves what they want to do. So, I mean, yeah. if two thirds, if two thirds of their employee expenses are on censorship, that's what the platform is all about. Right. Or, poli- anyway, right? or, or politically, the political, like there's a, a huge political motivation in addition to the profit motivation of these companies. And it's arguably yes. bigger than the profits in sell, themselves. As long as it doesn't make it unprofitable. I mean, you could say the same thing about Hollywood. Hollywood seems to have this hard-on boner to advance political lessons at the risk of losing money, like that that slop, that 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 uh, that abomination, Ghostbusters female or whatever. The new Ghostbusters. Yeah. I actually yeah. started watching that, and I was in the beginning. I'm like, oh, it's kind of funny, and then at some point in the movie, I'm just like. This is awful. <laughs> Just change the channel. I gave it like 10 minutes. It took about mm. 10 minutes for me to turn the channel. Well, and think about, I'm not talking about the profits of this one film. Um, what You you actually liked the latest Star Wars movie. Not Solo, right, DT? You actually liked it. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I saw, um, as a nihilist, I saw, I thought it was interesting. About half of the movie I really, really liked. Okay. And then the other half I could understand why people got so pissed off about it. But uh, in my opinion was, um, you know, people had been clamoring for a non teddy bear type of uh, star Wars movie, you know, non Ewok, non adult issues type of star Wars movie. And they kind of got what they asked for. And, and it wasn't what they were expecting. I think. Well, whatever, because, they have introduced politics, and I would also say they flooded the market with Star Wars movies. Yeah, it's like, uh, oh, what's the Assassin's Creed? Every two weeks, a new Assassin's Creed was coming out for a while there. Uh, but with their poli- their political motivations have cost multiple billions of dollars uh, f- for Disney, and not that they might lose money on these movies. They haven't. I think every one of them has been profitable. Maybe Solo hasn't been. But they have so tarnished the reputation and the cachet and pull of Star Wars that now no one wants to see it or nowhere near the amount of people. Because like, it was a given, adjusting for inflation, percentage of the population, percent GDP, however you want to me- measure it. If you came out with the Star Wars movie, it was a guaranteed billion-dollar blockbuster. Again, adjusting right. for inflation, GDP, all that other stuff, right? Now, I mean, shoot, it would probably be on par with a Mission Impossible. Like the next Star Wars, whichever one it's going to be, 
I, I, they're not good. They're never going to be able to put that, that uh, magic back in the bottle. I and think it's going to, yeah, I think it's going to part of it was because they're political. They're politically motivated. They couldn't just make a fucking movie. They had to throw fucking politics and vagina into it. And the same thing here. I, what would happen if it was a truly free speech platform? What would happen if they, I, I wonder what the profits and the advertising and the, the revenues and the reach would be. Oh, it'd be amazing if everybody could. Yeah, it would, it would be if it was truly the public square mm-hmm. that it is. I mean, yeah, it would it would it'd be a wonderful thing and it would make tons of money. <laughs> right. Well, guess- back to the star back to the Star Wars thing. It's not just the the reason why the politics stand out is that it's because they've done a fucking shitty job of telling a story. The first prequel trilogy had a clear story beginning, middle, end, right? The first, the first trilogy, the one that we all love. Can we go by years? Beginning, wait, wait, beginning, wait, middle, end. This back. one, there is no. We have no idea because the second movie was nihilistic. It could almost end where it ended. It could almost be over because the message of the movie was the war is never going to be over. Good guys are never going to win. Bad guys are never going to win. You just keep going on and on and on and on. So what's the fucking point? You might as well, well be Luke Skywalker and throw your your lightsaber over your shoulder. It was very nihilistic, and that leaves you no story to tell. It's all it's all kind of like, well, what's the fucking point now? And that's where they I think they failed is that they didn't have a plan for this this new t- trilogy. They just their plan was make money, insert as much politics as possible. Well, now I know why you liked it, because that does sound very nihilistic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, that's I, I loved it, I, you know. <laughs> I mean, see, Doc's Yoda, happy. Yoda burns down the fucking force tree or whatever. What more do you need to know? I mean, it's just Doc, like. Doc goes to, <laughs> to South Dakota with his kids. He takes them to Door County. You get excited about a movie about hopelessness and futility. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that because I, I, that's truth. It's the reality. It's never over. It's never finished. That's why Game of Thrones is so interesting, too, is that there's this whole war that happened before this Game of Thrones story that could be its own series. And yet that whole story, it didn't end. It just continued on. And I'm sure that's the way that uh, the the new Game of Thrones is going to end with this season is that it's going to hint at this isn't over. It's just going to keep going. The war is never going to be over. Doc, do you watch the like the Walking Dead and the never ending shows and the game of a really nice chair or whatever? Yeah, not, not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> You no. don't worry about who who's going to de- dethrone the guy who wants the really nice chair and who's going to kill the. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm into. Uh, we have Disney on, you know, quite a bit, and I like Captain uh, Captain Man, Henry Danger. But uh, no, I mean, no, I'm honestly, uh, I love Mash, so I'll just I'll just find the channel oh. that plays Mash, and I'll just watch episode after episode after episode. I mean, uh, no, I mean, I I I don't I I. I don't really follow anything um, anymore. I didn't. I I don't watch it at all. I'm just going to hypocritically judge it and say, "Nah, it's a soap opera." I don't want to watch the soap opera. They're all soap operas, really. I mean, you watch The Saint, right? I don't watch The Saint, but I'm sure there's that element in there. No, because it doesn't continue on. Well, here, let me ask you guys this: because you remember, did any of your moms watch Dallas? Oh yeah. Okay, so. Me, dumb, naive kid, I would be babysat uh, by Jenny, this wonderful, wonderful saint of a woman, nice grandma lady, and she'd watch over me during the daytime. And I knew, even at the age of like three or four, 
that the daytime soap operas were horrible. They were evil. I didn't understand what was going on. There's something about the TV I didn't like. I'm not doing anything. And it wasn't ADHD. It was just I knew it was a waste of time. This was going nowhere. And my mom convinced me, oh, yeah, soap operas are horrible. You shouldn't watch soap operas. Those are just a waste of time. But by God, she'd slice our throats in the crib if we ever got in the way of her in Dallas that night. (laughs) And I was led to believe that because it was on at night, it wasn't a soap opera. And so, like, not until I was in my 20s or 30s uh, did I start to realize, like, hey, wait a minute. 90210 and um, Melrose Place, was that the other one? Yeah. I remember, like, hey, this is a new show, and you should be – it's advertised towards teenagers. You might like it. Remember the TV guide? There's no way to review anything. Oh, it's TV. It's on. It's free. I guess I'll watch it. And I'm like, this is eerily similar to the to uh, to <laughs> Dallas and and the – soap operas during the daytime and I pieced it together. I'm like, wait a minute. These are all soap operas. These are all worthless. This is all a pissing away of time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Drama. People love drama, you know, and, and whether it's drama yet, yeah, um, you know, at a hospital, you know, or whether it's a drama and there's a fancy chair and dragons and, and zombies and, you know, <laughs> Hills yeah, assassinations and all that. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You guys seen the show, uh, my 600 pound life with this, uh, Dr. No, a, a weight loss doctor out of Houston. So these, these people who are like six to 800 pounds are on the show and, and they go through their, you know, daily struggles and stuff like this. And then Dr. No meets with them and puts together a plan if they have to lose so much weight and then, you know, they do weight loss surgery, but these people are being so exploited in this show from guessing the free surgery or whatever it is with Dr. No, but it's, it's my, my kids, you know, eight and 12, they, they love watching this. I mean, this, this drama stuff is just, I mean, things we would have never thought of when we were younger. Um, Then we have Jerry Springer. That's basically the same thing. You can't watch the train wreck. Right. Yeah. But this is pseudo medical. I don't know. It's a weird it's too emotional uh, that they like probably get into their emotions. Well, yeah, a lot well, yeah they, they, you can show that, that, yeah, these people are trying to manipulate others. Like, you know, if you don't give me the food, you don't love me, you know, mom or dad and all of this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah. You know, you're just it, at one point when these people, if they, if, you know, they do get their, their weight down to target level or whatever, I think, you know, now they're going to have a, the baggage of the show that they're going to have to deal with right. and all the stuff that they put out in, into the world. And I, I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's playing off of people's it, it's, it just seems like it's exploiting. Um, you know, you know, what show didn't have drama Seinfeld. That was just, it, it was, they, they pointed I, it out. It's a show about nothing. There was yeah. no like romantic. There was nobody that you're rooting for to get together romantically. And there was no, you, you liked the characters, but you didn't necessarily like love or identify with the characters. It was just a show. It was just the freak show. You're just watching zero drama. Um, the show is about nothing. I, I can't think. I, I don't know if there's any other shows that come to mind. Maybe The Simpsons. Cheers. Kind of, Cheers. Yeah. You think was not drama. There was there was the romantic. Was little, see here, here's here's a different. There's a there's a distinguishing line. There's a little bit of gray, but. Uh, the the game of the really nice chair show, and uh, Houston. You probably like that show, by the way. It actually, is I know. Really and then, well and then the Walking Not Yet Dead, 
and all these other shows. It is a continuation and it builds upon what happened. You know, it said last time on Dallas. You never hear that in Frasier. Right. uh, (laughs) Mash. uh, A little bit in Frasier. Well, okay, if they had like a two-part series. But my larger point is that these are standalone shows. The this the um uh, the one I like, The Saint, you can watch one show and it could be in the middle of the series, it's still fine. They are standalone shows. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's for purely entertainment value. Not that they're standalone shows, but it shows you, yeah, we don't have an intention to get you hooked. We just want to entertain you with this little vignette. It's a standalone piece, a work of art on its own. Uh, and you can go ahead and watch it. Same thing with Doc's Mash. They would stand on their own. The the thing where it's like, oh, my God, did you see Negan? When he first came out, everyone's like, oh, man, do you, do you watch The Walking Dead? I'm like, no, you really remind me of this guy called Negan. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and uh, I still haven't seen the show. God damn. <laughs> I love Negan. I, I read the comics, too, so he's my favorite character. Yeah. Right. But what I would contend is that if you're getting – like you have to watch that show to tune in to see what happens next week on days of our lives. Then there's a problem. Then you're wasting your time. Right. And now it's, it's the binge watching. Holy shit. I mean, is it, is that why Netflix sort of went down in value is that maybe people have had enough binge watching. Maybe they've, they've wasted enough entire weekends or whatever, just binging on a show that they're like, man, I can't, I can't have this Netflix anymore. It's just, it's, I, I'm getting sucked in to yeah. all this drama, and I hate it when I feel like I have to watch a show back to back to back to back to back. I like to watch a show, kind of think about it for a little while, watch the next episode, think about it for a little while. I don't like, I don't like it when they just hook you, and before you know it, your entire day is wasted. Yeah, I. We're speculating on normies, conformies, and inferiors. Frankly, I I don't know what the normal people do. Um, they that's the it's the binging. They they, I mean, um, I would say in the earth when uh, Mrs. DT and I first got married, we we and DVD box sets came out. We'd binge watch a few shows here and there, mm-hmm. um, but that hasn't happened at all since I don't know having kids. You know, there's there's more on your mind and more important things to do than right. sitting on all day and watching a television show uh, when you've got a family. So I think uh, maybe it, sometimes it's just done out of boredom that people just don't have anything else to do. Um, but uh, I think I, it is. You, you got me. You have to ask about your, I mean, I know a couple of my friends, look, if I sit and watch TV for more than two hours, I start to feel guilty. Um, well, you're different cap. I mean, you're like, bang, right. bang, bang. You just like to be on the move and constantly doing stuff and seeing different people and things like that. I'm but talking I'm, about, I'm, yeah, norm, like you said, normies, normal people here. Right, but that's that's why I'm saying, I mean, you want to know what with Netflix. I I know people like, yeah, we just played video games, stayed in and drank and, and, and Netflixed and chilled. Right. And I'm like, well, so the only exercise you got was chilling. <laughs> and, and and no, I know you, you can't last that long. So it was like three minutes of chilling and then you went back to watching TV. I, I don't, I mean, Doc, do you even know anyone that just watches a ton of TV? Yeah, I know a few people, yeah, that do oh, that. Okay. And, but, but. I mean, you know, at our house, even with, with my daughters, you know, we, we have a couple hours of TV time and, and the rest is off. I mean, my daughter's on her Kindle, you know, reading books. Uh, my other one is, you know, making stuff and, and things like that or outside biking or, or we'll hit the basketball court. But uh, so thankfully, but I mean, they're, you know, they're when they do sleepovers and stuff, you know, it's just binge TV and stuff like that at their friend's. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no desire. And I think with the with the internet, I mean, with YouTube and podcasts, but with YouTube, I'll go in and find documentaries of you know whatever I want and 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 just go through. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think there's there's a there's a lot of alternatives if you're intellectual, but if you're, yeah, I guess I. I if you're just like Andy attic or something. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's tons of, I mean, it, you can get there's a, tons of good shows out there. I just don't have the time. It's just, it's just, I you got to choose kind of, I can only watch maybe one or two shows, maybe pay attention. And there are people that just, that's all they do is watch shows. Yeah. I, it, it, and there's so much of it now and it's very high quality. Um, the writing is usually pretty solid. You've got, you know, film actors on you know netflix and things like that now so it's a really it's a great time of creativity but i think there's almost too much of it somehow it that uh, everybody's trying to get their attention in their own way and i don't know if that sort of creates a race to the bottom or i don't know there's nothing that's like a standout thing game of thrones is a standout thing walking dead was a standout thing i don't know if there's anything else that's just like you've got to watch this show there's not too many of those anymore but there's a lot of good quality across the board and it's really easy to get hooked yeah for a while i was hooked on uh ghost adventures you know with zach bagan and yeah i, and I was, that. yeah i mean i was hooked because because it's thought, crazy and stupid it, and silly and it's fun crazy. And, yeah. <laughs> and they also would talk about these places you know i'm into you know into history so they talk about the background on you know the jenny wade house and stuff like this i'm like well it's kind of cool and in, in going through that and then the, the technology and you know, and it, I didn't really, I, I, you know, I'm not really believing, you know, what, what's happening and, and stuff like that. But it was entertaining. But I also thought they had a research side of it, too, which I left there thinking, I, I know a little bit more now about, you know, this location or whatever, or some things that happened. So I didn't feel like I was was being drained. It, yeah, it was engaging. Um, and, and Zach was, yeah, and Zach was pretty cool. Now he's kind of. I, 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 that's my guilty pleasure. Is Ghost Adventures with my kids. We, <laughs> we love watching it. We, I laugh all the time. We, we do too. Yeah, we do. Overreact, we overreact. It's just I don't know if necessarily know if I believe anything either, but they certainly believe it, and it's fun to watch. They had. It, it, sometimes you should check on YouTube. There's a there was a kid who did a spoof of five episodes. And really high quality, like had huh. like a high school kid and his friends. If you if you just type it in, Baggins actually um, brought this kid on a show and his dad because huh. the stuff was so cool and it's done just in this hilarious way. But yeah, you know, so um, I don't know. My daughter's into Stranger Things, so it's kind of uh, that that, sh that show, yeah, of of kind of like a paranormal type of thing, but. Well, I'm not, be, I'm not besmirching or lecturing anybody. I just, I, I don't understand how, but uh, I've unfortunately gotten addicted to English, or not English history, European history podcasts. Yeah. And then, and then universe podcasts. Like, you know, yeah, let's, I know a lot about uh, Jupiter now. I know a lot about <laughs> Jupiter. That's, I love space stuff. I mean, that's George Carlin's uh, quote was, he likes to live in the really small and the really big. So he likes to learn about, you know, atoms and all that kind of stuff, quarks and things. Sure. But then he likes to think about the really big too, the cosmos and just distances and time and planets and all that. kind. Of, I love the space shows. Oh yeah. You Is can't, that... you can't come away from that and not feel humbled. I mean, you're just a speck on a speck when you, 
when you really think about these these uh, cosmic things. And uh, they do a really good job of them now um, on Science Channel and stuff. There's always really good visuals to kind of get you to try to imagine what it would be like. Well, there's there's been stuff because I'm sure we all had to take, you know, physics or whatever, astronomy back in high school and college. Yeah, yeah keep in mind that was 20 years ago. And they've actually discovered a, a whole bunch of other things that were wrong. Um, even with dinosaurs, they found out like a lot of dinosaurs had feathers um, mm-hmm. and, and, and the original birds were dinosaurs. They kind of had an idea, but they found more recent stuff in China. Uh, Jupiter, they didn't think it had a core. I think it's Jupiter. Now they think it does. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, I just saw that episode where they talked about that. Yeah, so there's all this stuff because we've sent out a ton of, you know, satellites and they do different scan email. This is These are not satellites that just take a grainy picture and send <laughs> a black and white image back and then they color it on National Geographic and then mail it to your house in 1984. Um, they're finding out a lot of a lot more interesting stuff. And um, it's the last place where we're really striving. That's what I love about it too, is we're actually trying to fucking do something that's not been done before. We're not trying to, you know, oh, let's help these people eat a meal. And, oh, these dogs are, are, are in big trouble and you got to adopt them. No, no. And we're actually trying to do something to, to almost like say, hey, universe, humans are worth it. We're trying to figure you out. And it's like the last thing. I don't know if the, if you guys feel that way. That's what excites me about it is, yeah, they're constantly learning new things. And and I wish more people would pay attention to it because I think it puts everything into perspective. But it's new and it's intellectual. I don't need to hear people navel-gazing anymore about sociological problems or economics or political problems. We have had the solutions and the answers as always for the longest of time. Lower yep. taxes, freedom, maximize freedom, carry your own weight, fuck the lazy. Maybe right. help out the poor, blah, blah, blah. Okay, da, da. that's it. That's it. Don't don't be telling me that your vagina is oppressing you. Don't be telling me that your skin pigmentation is oppressing you. Nope. Equal playing field, maximum freedom, maximum or minimum amount of taxes. And then uh, go do, live your life, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but so many fake and fraudulent and obviously self-serving fabricated studies and subjects have come up with sociology, communications, women's studies, and it's been going on for decades now. And it's, it's just turned into, I don't even want to say a religion, but just a naked grab for money. Mm-hmm. It's not interesting anymore. Economics isn't interesting anymore. Politics isn't interesting anymore. It, when it boils it down, there's producers and parasites. End of discussion. That's all the social sciences that basically could be summarized in, in, in that statement right there. But and CERN, a- CERN is fucking interesting. Yeah, fucking CERN's interesting. Large right. Hadron Collider is fucking awesome. The God particles, kind of cool, you know. It's right. yeah. <laughs> you know the Oort cloud. Uh, that's kind of neat. Where is Voyager one and two? What what is the temperature on Venus right now? Uh, heck, we even did you guys hear about the asteroid two point one kiloton explosion over in Greenland a couple days ago? No, no, no. yeah. Uh, the uh, everyone's all of NASA's uh, satellites and imagery and, and all the all the cameras in the sky missed this one. Missed nice. it. Oh, nice. Missed it. Came in two point one kiloton explosion, uh, oh, and you know, thank God it landed in Greenland. Uh, but hang on, what was what was the kilotonnage of uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki? What was what was that? I don't like, remember. I'm just wondering how big of an explosion. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, Nagasaki kilotons. 
Kilo ton. So they totally missed it. <laughs> yeah, I was watching some show that said, you know, realistically, these things fly at such a, you know, if you're close to the speed of light on some of these, these meteors, I mean, mm-hmm. you'd have no time to react. You, I mean, you'd identify yeah, you it some, yeah. and a split second later, it hit you. I mean, so. Um, well, that's why I should, that's why choosing today to go golfing was a good idea. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Not getting worked some up meteors. about. Not I've getting worked up about Facebook fuckery and Google gangplanking. That was it. Was better that I just enjoyed my life and not worried about it. Well, that's why I'm so glad. I mean, for the for, I'm sure you guys have heard that uh, in your time growing up that you know they'd always argue. Well, why are we sending the space shuttle into space when there are starving kids in our country and stuff? They're always they're always trying to take away from truly great things that the government funds to just fund well, a complete black hole, not no uh, pun intended, I guess, sh- uh, sh- uh, shovel the money into the black yeah. hole rather than actually trying to study the black holes up in, up in space if, if they exist or not. And that's what's so great about um, Elon Musk and these crazy motherfuckers that make all this money that they're kind of taking the mantle and saying, we're going to keep going here. Let's use the profit motive now to try to explore space and do great things. And, uh, but that, I mean, that's the only thing, the only thing that gives me hope at all in the human species is like watching science channel and, and seeing what people, some people, a very small percentage of people are actually trying to do in regards to space and space, space exploration and things like that. What are you yeah. going to say, doc? Go ahead. Yeah, No, I'm with you. And, and yeah, in the science channel and, and somebody comes up with, um, you know, something that uh, a certain type of, of plant or whatever you can expose to water. And if it turns a, a certain color, it indicates the water is pure. So you can use this to identify, you know, pure water sources. So, I mean, things like this you can genetically do. And I think from an engineering standpoint, this um, in DT, I mean, you, you'll know much more about this, but this microengineering of, um, you know, very, very thin pieces of, of metal. I mean, like almost wow. to a hair, but you can then build significantly strong structures that weigh, you know, just a, a few ounces. And, yeah, and the stuff. first, the first uh, uh, hint of that was it's called finite element analysis. And I was yeah. really good at it in college, but I, I didn't, I didn't show, I, I uh, should have went down that route out of college, but I did not. And, and I, I'm I was, sure that's where it led. I was doing some research into uh, the GPS system um, and GPS, you know, was, all came out of the government, all came out of uh, the, yep. the Air Force putting um, the constellation. So anytime there's 24 satellites, there's more, there are 24 active, there's more in reserves that they could put in to play if they need it. But they just launched a, a new um, series of satellites. And so, I mean, GPS is going to be even more phenomenal, but that came completely out of, you know, the, the military and space program. And look, where today i mean what gps has right. done and gps was incredibly instrumental in um hurricane harvey and irma because people are using uh, gps links um to and not cellular to identify where they were at and triangulate and then get that out through third-party software like zello to rescuers like the cajun navy relief and stuff so i mean these things are absolutely amazing you're right dt that that you know are, are coming out and but it's hard work, and, and yeah, it is it's completely science. And it's but it, but look what it's done, and, and the benefit. Well, that's that's the key thing: the benefit. You look at maybe a couple trillion 
adjusting for inflation, blah, blah, blah. We've thrown into um, satellites, DARPA, internet, technology, and the hundreds of trillions of dollars right. worth of consequential economics or just leisure, you know, <laughs> cell phones. Oh, my God. Right. Just just quality of life. And then I want to know what the fuck did we get for over 100 trillion dollars worth that we just pissed away throwing money into parasitic human beings mouths. Right. What, where, where did uh, I know? And it wasn't yeah. to feed. It wasn't to feed the poor. It was to bribe them to vote for me. And for all the see, and here's here's again why I like science and math and all that. There is objective laws guiding it. There are objective objectives. There are goals. There are tangible things that we could do in advance that would benefit everybody. And there are uh, goal markers that oh, we've reached this objective. We've achieved this goal. When it comes to the social sciences, there is never a, a goal line. It always, always moves the goalposts, always. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're trying to fight child starvation and child obesity at the same time. I always get a kick when I see, you know, you go into a store, whatever, and it's like, hey, Chipotle's fighting children's hunger. It's like, what kid is going hungry today right. in America? You point out one kid that's it's like, no, we've gone so far. But again, the whole point, what truly motivates the social sciences contrasted with the physical sciences, the social sciences is just a big money grab for lazy people who want to go work in it. The physical sciences, not only do you have to adhere to reality, uh, you, 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 there's tangible measurements, tangible goals you have to achieve, of which benefit society altogether. And, and, I, when, the, and when the job's done, it's done, like that probe that flew by Pluto. It had to take the, take the picture. And now it's gone. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if they're, they're going to try to maybe do some more with it, but there, there's, a, like you said, there's an objective. You go find out what you want to find out. It's do or die at that moment. You know, here it is. You know, we're going to turn the camera and we hope it takes the picture and gets the shot. And it did. And there's other missions like that. The Cassini mission, I think, where they, and the, and the Mars rovers where they've lasted longer. They've gotten more, uh, uh, a life out of them than they expected, but there is an end to it. Mm -hmm. And, and you find out what you find out and then it's over and you plan the next mission where the social sciences, there's no end. Yeah, it never it's ends. No, you're right. It's a race without a finish line. And I think yeah. people can't engage in that. I mean, psychologically there has to be a termination point where then you can say, yeah, mission accomplished and move on to the next thing. And then it creates institutional memory too. You know, you can build off of what you've done earlier in NASA. You have the objective binary information where, I mean, I know school districts who have received massive grants, you know, multi-million dollar grants to fight um, generational poverty and things like this. And once the grant is expended in three years, the, you know, a year after that, they're right back in the same situation because there is right. no induction plan. There's no continuation. So unless they get another grant, everything's lost. All this, there is no institutional memory. There's no momentum. Well, and, and it's and, tough. And, and, and here's another thing is not only is there a diminishing returns on pursuing sociological, economic, or political objectives, um, like, you know, you eradicate polio, you've set up a food program, okay, you've more or less eliminated uh, a hunger. Um, but you got to throw in tons more money to get fractionally smaller and smaller and smaller bits of success. And not only that, it becomes so petty that these new objectives become insane. I mean, for example, take a look at, um, <clears throat> oh, 
women's rights or the environment, women's rights, ah, you know, voting rights. That's pretty objective. That's pretty significant. That's pretty right. serious. Um, I would even say abortion. I know other people are Christian or religious, you know, but I, but I again, I would say, okay, this is a tangible goal. Uh, you can see the arguments for it. Now, what the fuck are they arguing? What is it this time that they're bitching and quite literally bitching, nagging, and whining about this time? What petty bullshit? And the the Ocean's Eight gal came out and claimed that the the big problem, the big misogyny, the big horrors, the oppression is that too many white male reviewers didn't give their movie a high enough review. It's right. like right. it's like now you're insane. Uh-huh. Now you are living in a world that has no great accomplishments or achievements your life is is not a life about excellence or or putting your flag on the map and saying we did this and marking your place down in history it is cowardly and lazily finding the 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 most insignificant granular uh, grain of of sand that happens to be uh, in, in upside your ass or inside your nostril in your eye that you get all pissed off about and then you wage war against it or you you raise awareness about it. it's like what the fuck kind of life is that not only from a financial or career perspective but mentally what who who bans straws? How fucked in the head do you have to be? How nothing else do you have to be have going on in your life to ban fucking straws? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. It, it's it's um, a lack of um, effort, I guess. And I was just thinking with the image that was coming to my mind was I wonder if these guys that you know dress up in the suits and go into the clean room with gloves on and goggles and they're working on this very precise machinery on these satellites. I wonder if they worry about these sociological problems. You know, I wonder if they're the, as they're doing this great work, trying to fine tune how the arm goes out with the solar panels on it or whatever, and make sure that it'll deploy correctly in, in whatever um, environment right. that they're sending it to. I don't imagine that they're that while doing that, they're worrying about, you know, whether the the school district downtown has got enough money and is doing a good enough job in in indoctrinating people or whatever, they got you know bigger where- issues on their mind. They're they're like, I gotta make sure this fucking works, you know, as it's orbiting Jupiter. Do you, perfect example where those two worlds com, uh, collided. Do you remember the guy who land? They they had a <clears throat> they had a satellite yes. go around a <laughs> yep. comet. It was just to take a picture of the comet. Well, and landed on the comet. I well, thought. well, hey, well, let me tell the story because they said, "Okay, mission's accomplished," and they're like, well, "What do we do now with it?" Like, you want to try and land it on the comet? Like, yeah, let's try and land <laughs> it on the comet. You know why? Because we're fucking guys. That's why. Because we want to land a fucking piece of machinery on a goddamn comet. So the guy who did it, you know, we're talking IQs that if all three of us put our IQs together, still wouldn't come close enough. So the guy does it. He lands a freaking thing on a comet. You know, this is not a sphere. It's gravity. It has a center of gravity. But to the math involved and the skill, he lands it on a comet. Then some bint, just some little petty, insignificant human with her fucking journalism degree doesn't interview the guy about the physics or the dynamics or his background or you know, what are the challenges or what, what, what was there any other future expectations Did this prolong the, what equipment is on this machinery? Could we study more about the comment? She fucking files a complaint because he's got a 1950s Hawaiian kind of pinup girl, not even, not even pictures. They're like 
they're they're cart they're, they're, they're like paintings. science fiction yeah yeah science yeah. fiction scantily clad scantily um, clad fiction. painted nineteen uh, fifties kind of pinup art and again that granular piece of sand got up in her vagina and that's what she focused on it's like fuck you you inferior piece of shit get the fuck out of humanity's way and go kill yourself you are just just you are a, you are a not only a speed bump you are a hemorrhoid on the highway to success that we just don't really need right now. I, I found the guy uh, by typing in comet guy with shirt. There's <laughs> <laughs> Matt Taylor. And thankfully the, the, in the Google search results, it actually has, you know, because that's what I searched for. It had that, but thank, thankfully in his opening sentence on Wikipedia does not mention the shirt controversy. It says I, Matthew a- Graham, George Thaddeus, Matt Taylor, is a British astrophysicist employed by the European Space Agency. He is best known to the public for his involvement in the landing on comet blah, blah, blah by the Rosetta mission, uh, which was the first spacecraft to land on a comet nucleus. He is a project scientist of the Rosetta mission. So thankfully, the Wikipedia page just has the fucking awesome thing that he did, and you got to go down. It's still on the first page to get to the shirt controversy. All right, here's what I want you to do, DT. That man, true man, yes. one could maybe even say hero, <clears throat> but he cried when the girl said that. So I kind of yeah, yeah. He lifts weights too. He looks like he's he takes care of himself, but and he's yeah, he totally his fucked up crying and apologizing over it. Yeah. Here's what I want you to do: find out, go to the the crisis, find out <clears throat> who the gal was, that insignificant piece of human waste, and let's look up where she is right now. Oh yeah, right. I uh, want to okay. find that out because here's the thing: this gentleman is going down in history for one well, here's it, the, the one part of the story that you ne- neglected to mention is that the shirt that he wore was made for him by, a by his female friend. Right. So he was honoring his female friend by wearing this awesome shirt that Good. she made. Now, back to doing what I was telling you to do. Yes, I I'm your I Lord Captain. Aaron Clary. Look up that Ben's name. Yep. And I want to compare and contrast because that guy's going down in history for a genuine accomplishment. He's currently successful. He's still with the European uh, Space Agency. Is that correct? That's I think it said, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's he's bought and paid for. He he he's gonna have a great life. <clears throat> if he's got that taste in shirts, I think he's doing really well. I want to see where Miss Social Justice Warrior is right now. You got her name? Uh, I'm, it's it's because everybody freaked out over it. Are you saying there was an original person that? Yeah, um, there was a gal that interviewed him, the one that made him cry. Okay. Oh, no. Well, that was, yeah, that was after it, I think. Hang on. Comet guy. Guy who landed satellite on Comet. Okay. Uh, okay, so there... Um, there was somebody who there was a television interview of him where nobody said anything. Right. And that's what started the controversy. It says here in this Los Angeles times article that Rose Eveleth, a science writer tweeted in response to a televised interview with Taylor. No, no women are totally welcome in our community. Just ask the dude in this shirt. Okay. And so I think she started. Rose Taylor. It's Rose Eveleth. I'll look it up here. She's a science writer, so. What should air Twitter? 
She's a producer and writer based in Brooklyn. Roseevelith.com, 16,800 uh, Twitter followers. She's ugly. She's got tattoos. She's nowhere near as successful as this guy. We had to look her up. Is a producer, designer, writer based in Brooklyn. For a longer bio information on how to get in touch, go this way. You can also follow her on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, on Facebook. She's also got a newsletter. All right. <clears throat> Let's look at her bio. She doesn't have a Wikipedia page, right? <laughs> no, she doesn't. But this is this is where I want to... I mean, here's her, here's her bio. This is a nobody bio on a nobody website. Uh, so you just had to know more about me. Your mistake. Oh, Rose, you're so funny. Is you are pretty. Rose Eveleth is a producer, designer, writer, and animator based in Brooklyn. Bullshit. When you read that, that's bullshit. Producer, designer, writer, and animator what? What cartoons has she drawn? What has she done? I don't believe any of these people when they say, I'm an artist, I'm a musician, right. I'm a writer, I'm a producer, I'm a playwright. Fuck you. What did you do? She's dabbled in everything from research on pelagic invertebrates to animations about beard, a podcast about fake tumbleweed farms. These days, she now explores how humans tangle with science and technology. She has a degree in ecology, so not a real degree. Right? She's right. not an engineer. <clears throat> She's not a professional. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, take this, I take this back. She has a degree in ecology, behavior, and evolution, so it's even worse than I thought. From UC San Diego, where she did some research on krill. Well, fucking suck my dick. Uh, it's not landing satellites on comets. Level. Look up what his degree is. Go find the comet guy's degree. Matt Taylor. <laughs> or degrees, I should say. Doctor, no doubt. He had his education there on his Wikipedia page. So. <clears throat> Which really was just a front for hanging around the pelagic invertebrates collections at Scripps Institute of Oceanography. She then moved to New York City to get her graduate degree in journalism. Of course! Because your ecology degree was paying so well, but you don't want to do math. At school, she edited the program's wow. online magazine. If you still list the fact that you worked at the school's magazine, you fucking suck. You suck. Built an iPad app, interned a bunch of places, and tried not to get car doored too many times on her bike. At NYU, she jumped right into freelancing. Gentlemen, translate that into English for me. She got fired or whatever? No. What did you say? After NYU, she jumped okay. right into freelancing. But she couldn't. She was unemployable. I mean, Couldn't find a job. Couldn't find right. a job. Yeah. Yes, on purpose. Bullshit. She's been a columnist for BBC Future and Motherboard and producer of the Story Collider, the special media manager at Nautilus, a new digital magazine about science. Well, let's look at Nautilus. How new is it? Is it, is it a lot of people? Is it Nautilus.us? Not oh, Nautil.us. <clears throat> Issue 63. Well, that could be any. I mean, those, those online magazines. Oh, these mean, are nothing. Yeah, this is. Right. This is, this is bunk. But, Matt Taylor's education. You'll like Matt Taylor. If you did a Clary test on him, I'm, I'm sure he'd be he'd do pretty well. Cool. He was born in Manor Park, London in 1973. He is the son of a bricklayer and worked alongside his father on building sites during his summer breaks from university. He received a degree in physics from the University of Liverpool, as well as a PhD in space physics, which focused on magnetohydrodynamics modeling of astrophysical plasma in the magnetosphere 
from Imperial College London. So he did more than learn about dangling participles <laughs> at NYU Journalism School. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, let me continue on with this holy unimpressed. See, uh, another thing, it's a long bio that she has, but she's simply listing sim simple singular projects she, she worked on, not employed X year to the other X year. This is just, oh, I did this little bit here, this little bit there. Um <clears throat> And managing editor of Lady Bits, a place where women are smart about science. But this woman doesn't have a degree in science. She's not smart about science. She took a bogus faux science non-STEM uh, degree. And now I hate it how these faux STEM chicks take a, take a simply non-liberal arts degree and then act like they're IT geniuses or act like they're STEM when they're not. They don't even work in STEM. They write about STEM. They observe STEM, but they cannot yeah. be STEM because they don't have the ability. Can, can you call yourself a scientist without being a PhD? I don't know. I guess I don't, I don't call myself a scientist, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're a hobbyist, like back in the 1700s, like you were a scientist, I guess. But I think now today to be an actual scientist, you'd have to be paid, you know, you'd be working in a lab and have a doctorate. Well, and yeah, you should have a doctorate because you've actually had to do some research and, you know, have a thesis and all that kind of stuff. Where uh, like engineering, engineering is practical science. It's like we're applying it. We don't mm -hmm. come up with it. So. Um, okay. Uh, she just lists a bunch of single things. She has a podcast called Flash Forward. I'm going to uh, podcast. And to be fair, this chick was the first to tweet. There's probably all kinds of them that well, were like second, third, fourth to tweet that didn't right. see her initial tweet. And, and so, you know, it, it, she's just one of, of the mob of people that were more concerned about his shirt than what he actually accomplished. Right. But my, my point is, if, if she, maybe she's the snowflake that caused the avalanche. Um, I yeah. can't even find. I got a RSS feed. I got Instagram, Twitter, Flash Forward podcast has less than me. I mean, th th this it, the point I'm, I'm making this is a nobody. Right. This is a freaking nobody. And she sure as hell pales in comparison to a guy who landed a satellite on a comet. And her claim to fame is criticizing that guy. That's probably yeah, the only yeah. thing that that's the only reason why yeah. we found her. Yep. That's <laughs> that's the first thing that came up is like she <clears throat> and you you can look at her. You can see her and you look at her, it's the thin rim glasses, a complete conformer. She's got her tattoo, she's got her fur baby, she lives in Brooklyn. You can't you can't make it up. And in 40 years time, when these two are on their deathbeds, the respective deathbeds, this guy will die with a huge life of accomplishments. Maybe not as uh, uh, notorious as landing the, the satellite on the comet. This gal will just be, will be one of tens of millions, hundreds of millions right. of millennial feminists that just, oh, armchair, oh my God, not with that. Or the whoever started this. Whoever started, I can guarantee you with my entire, you know, life's net worth that whoever started it, if it wasn't this lady, is someone equally unimpressive, equally unaccomplished, and equally common and boring and uninteresting. You know, I, you'd have to pay me, mil well, not millions, but you have to pay me a lot. So I have to pay me for my time to have a coffee with Rose Eveleth. Uh, but I would, man, if that the comic guy came into town and was going to say, I'm going to do a seminar on the eye and it costs 50 bucks, I'd pay to go see that. Right. 
Oh yeah. So so the thing is with his reaction where he is crying, I mean, so what have we stifled in this guy going forward for his opportunity to to take risk? I don't, yeah. you know, he's not yeah, going to do it because he he's, not, yeah. he's not going to go through the ringer again. So if he has an opportunity to do something, um, you know, that's going to be a little bit edgy. I mean, even if he does it completely in a sport coat and, a, you know, whatever with a sanitized white background, you know, whatever. I, I mean, he will always be benchmarked to this incident. So he's governed right now. I mean, he's 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 going to measure everything he does for the rest of his career. I'm guessing. I mean, if that's his reaction. Yeah, no, I, I, I think he's probably a little bit more saner than that. I don't think he, you know, like, oh, I got to make my dad proud. So he's always going to constantly compare himself to his previous accomplishments. The guy's probably working on something from an intellectual standpoint is way more interesting or amazing. Not to say that wasn't interestingly enough to go and land on a comet, but I, I wouldn't worry about this guy having um, pride in his, in his career issues. I think he's, he's not insecure about that in the slightest I'd imagine. Yeah. Well, I, I just, yeah. When I saw this whole thing happen, um, I, I, what I thought was this guy has worked his entire life. And I know I, I know a portion of how hard he had to work. I mean, in becoming an engineer, yeah, you got to work hard to become an engineer. This guy even worked harder to be to get to this moment where this is his accomplishment for his life. I mean, you look at the pictures of him, how excited he was that he accomplished this. And then within 24 hours, 48 hours, he's crying. I just, I felt so bad for him just thinking, you know, th- he's kind of my kind of guy. You work really hard. You try to accomplish something. And this is how society responds to you is that you wore a, t- a shirt that you're just trying to honor your friend. He probably was thinking, hey, you're, my, 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 my buddy, she's going to see me wearing this shirt and she's going to be, that's so awesome. I got a few more orders for the shirt or whatever. Yeah. I think she did make quite a bit of money off of it. Mm-hmm. But um, but I, I that that was the real tragedy for me was just, just thinking about how this was his moment. And that's why I'm so glad that his Wikipedia site or his Wikipedia page doesn't mention that in the beginning. I mean, he should not be known for that at all. It should probably just be edited off. I would Wikipedia people should just take that fucking thing off there. I it, it's notable, but if anything, that's going to reflect poor. Look, we want to have this. What's going to happen? It's it's my my guarantee of the future is historians are going to look back at the United States and they're going to look at all this leftist parasitic shit going on and they're say, oh, that's why they collapsed. Right. And we look back at the Roman Empire. It's like, well, yeah, you had, you had bread and circuses and you debased your currency and you expanded your borders way too much and you let the barbarians in and you didn't maintain integrity of, of your citizenry and, and you let people just become lazy and fat and you lived off of slavery. Of course you guys collapsed. No duh. Uh, and it's going to happen here, here in the United States. It's like, you had you got your women to the point they're complaining. Heck, I wrote a piece here the other day. There's a there's a complaint about blonde privilege or a guy wearing a shirt or you were banning straws or you thought giving unlimited funds to lazy parasitic people who can't keep their legs shut would result in them just all of a sudden waking up and having IQs of 150 and all becoming accountants, engineers, and doctors. Like, what did you think was gonna happen? Yeah. I, I was uh I was watching a documentary about giving out 500,000 needles a month to like heroin and, and drug addicts in San Francisco. And the, 
And what's what's happening, you know, as a result of this is is about 20% of those are getting recycled in, and the rest are just being out on the streets and the playgrounds and the sewer system and to walk. So it's creating these massive issues, you know, that you have to deal with. And then it was the uh, American Medical Association, I think, after 30 years said, you know, we're not coming to the city because our, our members don't want to walk and, and, and put up with this. But I mean, they're just expanding the program. They're just expanding and expanding this program, which is causing, you know, these additional not only sociological things, but I think it was, for, I think the number was $40,000 a year per homeless person. If they look at what they were doing as far as direct assistance, and then also like having to remedy damage to the, to the city and uh, other and cops and, 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 and ambulance and hospital visits. I guarantee you. Yeah. So. Ripping up, you know, bus, you know, bus seats and smashing up bus windows and, and, you know, What's the whole reason for giving them needles is to make sure they don't get AIDS. And, and here was the thing, DT, like statistic. And then they brought in their you know department of health and they said, well, we've decreased a total of like 50 people who haven't. <laughs> it, it was literally something like that off of this massive program. It was uh, numerically, they estimated it was like, we went from 83 to 33. And I'm like, holy. And, and you know, the, the, I, I don't know if documentary, whatever was questioning that too. Like, that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't seem like that makes a lot of sense to right. invest this amount of resources. If this is, you know, again, the that you're touting. You're, you're operating from the wrong premise. It was never there to end a needle epidemic or addiction. It's to employ worthless liberal arts majors. That's what it is. This is not a crazy theory. This is not an Alex Jones theory. That's what it is. It's for these lazy, worthless people to go feel good about themselves so they don't have to work a real job. And they're going to, you know what? It'll be 500,000 needles. By next year, it'll be 600,000 needles. And why? We need, just need more money. We just haven't done enough. And by the time we're, we're 65 and our kids have taken over the podcasting arena it'll be 10 million and san francisco will be a shithole but they'll say we just need and it's never gonna stop it'll never stop well what'll be the next thing will be the hazardous uh uh, uh, uh garbage containers right the that well they just need a place to throw their needles away or recycle them we just need more of those now on every corner there'll be a a, a needle container <laughs> right, so right. That, they'll have one-on-one -on -one tutoring. Happen. They'll have one-on-one -on -one tutoring because there'll be all education majors and psychology majors. They'll, they'll come up with it. They'll come up with it. <laughs> um, you guys want to hear some dark good news? Absolutely. Sure. Dark good news. Dark good news meaning it's good news for me, but it's dark news for other people. From the New York Times, too little, too late. Bankruptcy booms among older Americans. My favorite generation. <laughs> The baby boomers. And uh, our good friend TJ Martinell sent this to us over at tjmartinell.com. And uh, I, I love articles like this because I remember not only my own parents, but every baby boomer uh, adult telling me, you guys spend more, uh, spend less than you make, and you're not responsible enough. And you had, had all this moralizing, all this lecturing. And now, oh, it's great. <clears throat> This is for, enjoy the decline moment. This right? is an enjoy the decline moment. This is also reason to go get any baby boomer you know who I don't have enough retirement. Well, maybe <laughs> you could get poor Richard's retirement. <laughs> so just go ahead, pour a drink, relax, maybe light up a cigar. For a rapidly growing share of older Americans, traditional ideas about life and retirement are being upended by a dismal reality: bankruptcy. 
The signs of potential trouble, vanishing pensions, soaring medical expenses, inadequate savings. New York Times, you could have just said inadequate savings right there. (laughs) Don't tell me this shit. I owe it's medical expenses and I didn't know and I didn't have insurance and pension. I'm going to take this and shove it right back in your baby boomers fucking faces. Say, you should have known better. What did you think was going to happen? Have been building for years. Years. So you had pre- you had decades to figure this out, baby boomers. Decades. Fucking 401ks came out in 1978. Three years old. You guys couldn't have saved the money by this time? Now, new research sheds light on the scope of the problem. The rate of people 65 and older filing for bankruptcy is three times that what it was in 1991 when they were lecturing you about how you had to go and get a job if you wanted to drive a car. The study and that's found, per, I'm sure that's percentage-wise. Yeah, not, the rate, the yeah, rate yeah. of people, yes. Yeah. So it's three times higher. I mean, the economy's been booming for the past uh, two, three years. Uh, I know there's the Great Recession. But you should save for a rainy day. <laughs> and the same group accounts for a far greater share of all filers. Oh, that's too bad. Driving the surge, the study suggests, is a three-decade shift of financial risk from government and employers to individuals who are bearing an ever greater responsibility for their own financial well-being as social security as the social security safety net shrinks. What do you mean a three-decade shift? Risking from the government to employers, uh, government and employers to individuals who are bearing an ever greater responsibility for their own financial well being. You mean they have to be responsible for their own financial well being? Beforehand, it was the government and employers that were responsible for you? I. I just love this article so much because these baby boomers are the epitome of the child generation. They never grew the fuck up, but they had the arrogance and cockiness to lecture us. And now the millennials are going to blow them out of the water in terms of the most childish generation. Just haven't gotten there yet. But I, I just, people always ask, why do you hate the baby boomers? This is just throw this on top of the heap. Throw this on top of the heap. The transfer has come in the form of, among other things, longer waits for full Social Security benefits, the replacement of employer-provided pensions with 401k savings. What did you contribute? And more out-of-pocket spending on health care. Well, you guys voted in Obamacare. How do you not – how do they not have it with Obamacare? Right. Is that even true, though? the the retirement age for Social Security has not gone up. It has not gone up. It it scales up, but – According to uh, life expectancy, so you should have the same amount of working percent. You should have the, the percentage of your working life should be be the same to support you during your non-working life. And these assholes, these fucking assholes that dare complain about health care costs are the ones that decide to ram up tuition costs, ram up housing costs. I mean, it, the costs are right. different. Oh, my God, health care costs. Like, yeah, but you didn't have to pay jack fuck all shit for tuition. And your degree actually meant something back in 1971. And uh, this healthcare is awesome and is keeping you alive. You should be thankful for it. I, I mean, want it's a so new much better hit. now. Yeah. Oh, I ate a lot, you know. I want to new this. I need a new heart. <laughs> or you young people need to die so you could donate your organs to me. Declining incomes, whether in retirement or leading up to it, compound the challenge. Well, you know, I 
Too bad for you. I guess recessions happen. Cheryl McCall. See, now we tell the personal story about a personal fuck up. We talk about a loser here. Cheryl McCloud. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess uh, the New York Times, when they talk about Cheryl McCloud, are going to gonna skip over or really gloss over a couple major questions and flaws and decisions Cheryl's made back in her, come on, baby, like my fire days. <laughs> Cheryl McCloud of Las Vegas filed for bankruptcy in January after struggling to keep up with her mortgage payment and other expenses. Why... DT, the man? I'm sorry, DT? Doc? Yeah. yeah. What do you already have a question about with her mortgage at 70? Why she's even got one? Yeah. Why do you have one? Should have been, yeah. Should have been paid off long ago. And then how big is your house? Right. I'm you 70. Yeah. Yeah. Did you downsize? I need to keep my house. I like my house. Yeah, yeah. I'm 70 and I'm working for less money than I ever did in my life, she said. This st life stuff happens. Not in fucking Vegas. Do not see – oh, God, I hate these liars. I hate these liars. I live in Vegas during the winter. There is a labor shortage. You can't find yeah. competent staff to show up and serve on time, and the staff that they do have is working so much because they're all short staff. This woman could have walked out and found another job like that. Guarantee she sat there watching her daytime soap operas, or perhaps Dallas, maybe. Maybe Game of Thrones. Maybe even the <laughs> game, game of the nice chair. Yes, yes. As the study for the Consumer Bankruptcy Project explains, older people whose finances are precarious have fewer places to turn. When the cost of aging are offloaded onto a population that simply does not have access to adequate resources, something has to give, the study says. And older Americans turn to what little is left of the social safety net bankruptcy court. <clears throat> You can manage okay until there's little a little stumble, said Deborah Thorne, an associate professor of sociology. I try finance, lady. I don't trust a word Deborah Thorne says because sociology isn't a real degree. And an author of the study, it doesn't even take a big thing. Yeah, lady, I don't, I don't believe you. I don't believe anyone who worked in academia her entire life knows the first thing about personal finance. The forces at work affect many Americans, but older people are often less able to weather them, according to Professor Thorne and her colleagues in the study. Do old people did old people today not realize they would get old and things would get harder? <laughs> no, they're gonna have lifestyle lifts. They're gonna have lifestyle. Uh. Yeah. They're gonna be 27 forever. Um older people often according to Thorne and her colleagues in the study. Finding and keeping one job is hard enough for an older person. No, it's not. Why is that hard? Taking on another to pay unexpected bills is almost unfathomable. Oh, no, not working two jobs like pretty much everyone else did. Not two jobs. Whoa. Bankruptcy can offer a fresh start for people who need one, but for older Americans, it is too little, too late, the study says. By the time they file, their wealth has vanished, and they simply do not have enough years to get back on their feet. I guess you're going to go go live in a ditch. Guess you're gonna go. <laughs> what you're was gonna... your song? Your song, Cappy. Oh, what was oh, that? That's that's an oldie but goodie. That's a you, long you time. You put ago. music. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, I put it to music. <laughs> like, we gotta find that. Where was it? Like, there's an old nursing home for you. Or... <laughs> it was really good. I can't remember. I used to I used to be able to sing it, but it's it's been too long. Hey, yeah, follow, follow go me. fuck yourself in a nursing home or something like that. <laughs> I was like, don't <laughs> shed me no baby boomer tears or something like that. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Well, maybe we can find it. 
the data gathered by the researchers is stark. But February 2013 and November 2016, there were 3.6 bankruptcy filers per 1,000 people, 65 to 74. In 1991, there was 1.2. Well, maybe you should have saved up the money. Uh, the jump is pronounced, although the actual number of people was relatively small, about 100,000. Signaled there were many more people in financial distress. People who show up in bankruptcy are always the tip of the iceberg, law professor said. The next generation nearing retirement age is also fine for bankruptcy in greater numbers, and the average age of filers is rising, the study found. I'm looking for another story. All they did is cite Mrs. McLeod, or Miss McLeod. There's yeah, another. <clears throat> this is so thin, you know. Miss, gentlemen, what else does this tell you about Miss McLeod? Ms. Yeah. She's not a missus. She's not a missus. Sometimes that's just to be polite, though. Sometimes they do that. Even if a chick is married, you won't say missus. Uh, yeah, but there also is no mention of a husband or death. I'm just going to assume that she is single. And I'm going to, I know this is presumptuous of me. It's prejudice and stereotyping, but I'm going to guess Miss McLeod being from the baby boomer generation at one time had a husband and had to get divorced because it was the cool and fashionable thing to do, right? Probably. I, how much you want to bet she has kids? You don't know that. Yes, we do. <clears throat> Miss McLeod said she had managed to get by for a while after separating from her husband several there years you. ago. There it is. <laughs> there it yeah. is. Oh, the cynicism always pays off, guys. It always. And you does. didn't read ahead there. You acted nope. literally the next sentence. Just the next <laughs> sentence. Nope. I'm not. I'm not joking, guys. You didn't I, bullshit uh, us there. Nope. <laughs> I. Uh. from her husband. Eventually, though, she struggled to make ends meet on her income alone, and she fell behind on her mortgage payments. She collects the small social security check and works at an adult daycare center for people with intellectual disabilities and mental health problems for eight seventy five an hour. She could go make 20 Jesus. if she wants to be a waitress right now. Why would you want to do that for only 8 bucks an hour? Well, I mean, it's sort of nice of her to do that, but... Well, it's, well, she's also dumb and lazy. I guarantee you, she's too <laughs> lazy to go apply for another job. Here's another thing. How much you want to bet at that hourly rate she qualifies for a bunch of other government benefits oh, that she's failing guaranteed. to mention right here? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. She makes sure clients participate in daily activities, calls them when they are irritated and tries to understand what they need when they are having trouble expressing themselves. So, so reader, ignore the fact she stole money from people she borrowed it from and filed for bankruptcy. That's what they're basically saying. Like, look at the shiny thing over here. She's a nice right. person. You yeah. know, she stole from you. Right. When I moved here from Los Angeles, I was wondering why all these older people were working in convenience stores at fast food restaurants, she said is because they don't make enough in retirement to support themselves. McLeod said she hoped that filing for bankruptcy would help her catch up on her mortgage by stiffing her creditors. I didn't say that. That was added. That was added. So she could stay in her home. I'm too old to move out of here, she said. I'm trying to stay stable. There's some charts. That's bankruptcy. exactly right, though. That to, to, to add in the bit where she works with the developmentally disabled people that's mm -hmm. to try to excuse what she's doing right yeah yeah completely. she is a thief she is a thief that's it that's not me, me being uh, pessimistic or insulting she took money that wasn't hers and was supposed to pay it back and she didn't return it that's called thief that's thievery that's 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 stealing 
I guarantee she took out home equity loans too. And oh, she probably did. She yeah. probably did. Uh, oh, here's 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 what's great because the baby boomers did such a great job raising their children. Older Americans' finances are also being strained by the needs of those around them. A little more than one third of the older filers who answered the researchers' questionnaire said that helping others like their children or older parents had contributed to their seeking bankruptcy protection. Could you, your kids have got to be in their thirties at least. Yeah. So they raised fuck up kids too. Well, nothing's too good for our children. Don't get jobs and don't do this and don't do that. Oh, I was just little, little precious signing off on their student loans. No doubt. Yeah. Oh God. Right. God, am I good guys right here. Some parents, Mr. Stern said had co-signed loans for 10 or $20,000 for adult children and suddenly could no longer afford them. Yep. When you are living on 2000 a month, and that includes Social Security, and you can't do basic subtraction or addition to find out you should have co-signed a loan for your deadbeat liberal arts pot-smoking guitar-playing son. That was added. And you have rent and savings are minuscule. It is extremely difficult to recover from something like that, he said. Others had co-signed their, stu- their children's student loans. I never saw parents with student loans 20 or 30 years ago, Mr. Stern said. It's not uncommon to see student loans of $100,000 he added. <laughs> Then you see parents who have guaranteed some of these, and those are forgivable in bankruptcy. Thank fucking God. Right. They're no longer working, and they have these student loans that are difficult, if not impossible, to pay or discharge in bankruptcy, and these are the kids' loans. Well, the kids could work, but why change a family tradition of sitting on your ass? Oh, here's another story. Uh, for Lawrence Sedita, a 74-year-old former carpenter now living in Las Vegas, the problems began when he lost his health insurance about two years ago. He has been on disability since 1991 when a double pack of 12-foot drywall fell on his head at work. All right, well, the, he didn't control that. We'll, we'll forgive this guy. He got injured. Right, right. right. After hey, just union- quick, there's uh, Darius, uh, Darius Thurman, uh, $2.00. Coming out of, out, of the, awesome. out of the pack. So Darius, uh, just want to send that. He said, uh, if if you're so smart, how come you ain't rich? Lewis Jordan, give it a listen. But uh, hey, thanks, Darius. Is that a song? No, he's, a in, he's, in the, he's in the chat right now. He's asking me yeah. if, if, if I'm what? No, no, he said it was a quote. If oh, you're so smart, how come you ain't rich? And that must be this guy, Lewis Jordan, that said right. that. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, I could go on, but it's... You don't even have to read these articles. You could just assume the worst and the laziest about people. And they made dumb decisions. They didn't save their money. And they're lazy fucks. <laughs> and so that is the good yeah. dark news of the day. How'd you guys like it? I loved it. And the whole pension thing is is just they are reaping what they've sown, man. I mean, all these boomers well, absolutely. voted for people to just give away the store. Oh, we got to take care of this. We got to take care of that. Oh, we got plenty of money. Oh, we should use social security to help these people and to help those people. And let's expand Medicare and Medicaid. And all oh, the, oh, I want more, uh, the, the unions with negotiating their contracts. Oh, I want more, 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 more. Never mind if it's going to work. I just want more, more, more. And it's all coming home to roost. I hope they don't get out of this debt. That's, that's my whole thing with the boomers. They're just trying to get out of this dead. And if we just let this happen, they'll have to suffer the consequences for an entire life's worth mm-hmm. of decisions and actions. 
I um, and I don't mean to throw you guys into the evil cynicism and the hate that I have because I'm a very angry man. I, I will admit that. <clears throat> but since I couldn't have what I should have been would have been my birthright to the United States, a stable nuclear Western uh, uh, society with low debt and responsibility and, and good responsible people. I try to look for happiness and joy in other things. And I really do find it in the misery of others. And I hold the baby boomers disproportionately responsible, not solely, but disproportionately responsible for this decay. And I love it. I love seeing justice and poetic justice and comeuppance and reality just come in and beat the fucking shit out of the people that need it. And a close second, I would say, is the likes of whatever the gal we were talking about before who thought that criticizing a guy's shirt, uh, in general feminism, watching these delusional women of all ages just waste their lives, not falling in love, hating on men, or at least putting men like fourth or fifth place or sixth place uh, behind their dogs, and they don't understand the concept of of marriage or love or family, uh, and then waking up and it's too late and they're too old. I love seeing it happen. And it's and, and if there's a way to again quote enjoy the decline, you gotta enjoy the show. You gotta enjoy the movie. You gotta watch the pain and suffering of the stupid people that maybe didn't purposely make your life worse, but certainly put a cap on what you could achieve and accomplish. They, they, what that have stolen their birthright. So when you see articles like this and it's all sad and oh my god, da, 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 rejoice. I just rejoice and revel in their pain and misery. Hey, man. So, I think yeah. that sums it up, Cap. I think that's a great way to end. Yeah. I, <laughs> cool. Well, let's go through. Are there any Are there any other super chats or uh, any other questions in the chat room there, DT? Uh, there's not really any. There weren't any questions with uh, with money attached. Okay. Um, uh, question: What about Gen Z? My generation. I noticed a lot of them are taking out car loans like crazy. Guy named Joshua Landrum. They're they're still up for to be determined. It's such a young generation, most of which are still in high school. I mean, I think depending on where you want to split the line, Gen Z is maybe going to be freshmen in college this year, maybe sophomores. Um, I know there's a lot of people that hope Gen Z is the saving generation, but I really doubt it. I think they're just going to be millennials version 2.0. Um, yeah. But we'll find out. What the 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 most telltale sign of what I should do is start looking this data up again at the University of Minnesota, is find out what are they majoring in. Like if it, right now it's basically two thirds worthless degrees, one third worthwhile degrees. If all if we could get that to half and half, or you see more kids going into the trades, like trade school starts it. Like you you see that the the Gen Zers were learning from the mistakes of the millennials, and there's a trend of going towards more reliable employment, uh, being wise, then I'd have a little bit of faith, but I have a feeling it's, it's just going to be the same. I think a lot of it's outside of any of uh, talking about control again, Mm -hmm. with all this automation, all this technology, everything that's kind of going to as fast approaching, I think Gen Z might be caught. They might be the generation that really, really has to deal with that and, um, you know, adjust to that. It, and we'll see if that's a sink or swim thing or, or what, what results from it. Right. But automation is going to change everything. And uh, it might be a completely, totally different economy when they start coming into their own. So, well, we'll find out. We'll see. 
everybody will be YouTubers just like right. us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the basic universal income. That drum's been beating loud everywhere. I got to write. There's a book I've been wanting to write about the the roboticized economy, and it would probably be a really good, but it just takes so much damn time and thought and research. And I just want to write lies and filth and sell it to naive people and liberals and women. You know, let me throw this by you guys before we end up. But, but one of the things, and I, I do and I've done for a long time is, but I mean, every week I'll devote one or two hours just to like going over our family finances and not, you know, not looking at exactly every single bill and all of that, but looking at the finances, checking out the interest rates, checking out the bond rates, just, you know, things like that. So I'm aware. And, you know, one of the things we did today, actually, we did a family outing um, about an hour from here. And that's actually where one of the banks is that, that we do some banking with and the family outing started with, I stopped at the bank, had a number of transactions that I wanted to get done to move into some things that I'd shifted in the bond market to more favorable. Um, and, and yeah, had everything laid out, sat down, you know, with this, this young lady doing the banking stuff. And she's like, Holy smokes. Like you've got this laid out. I'm like, yep, here's this, this, this. And all I want you to do is like put the number over here of how you're changing the account. Once I close this and open this and it's smooth and it took about an hour, but you know, I talked to my friends, I talked to anybody, no, this, they consider finance as outsourced. And, and this was, you know, this is a Gen X. It was the person running the pension. It was the company. It was social security government, but nobody takes responsibility. And I'm like, my God, I mean, it is, I just think um, it is, we go on vacation in Door County. My daughters, you know, take so much money with them that they've accrued through birthdays and whatever. And they're sitting there and they're weighing decisions on little, you know, places we go shops. Should I get this? Should I not get this? And it's like, okay, we can swing back here, you know, tomorrow. If you want to give it a day to think about it. Yeah. I'll think about it because you know, then I'll have so much left and whatever, but I'm like, ah, you know, it just, it, it, it just, and we don't teach this. I mean, nobody, well, nobody teaches this. And, and if they do, it's just, it's, it's a sham, but I mean, I don't know if you guys do that or not, but I feel I'm aware of what's, I feel it's a responsibility. It's a, such well, a huge that, part of your life. My God. Doc, doc, here's the thing. I could, I'd have to look up the figures, but <clears throat> if you want to use this as a proxy for the percentage of people that do what you're doing right now uh, in my book, Poor Richard's retirement, I think only 30% of baby boomers have enough money saved up for retirement. So to answer your question, if that's the most reliable eldest generation, 70% of people don't save up enough for retirement. They're not doing what you're doing. Uh, there was another article that came out a while ago, something like half the people don't even have $1,000 in the checking account. 60% uh, of the people don't have enough money to save up for a $2,000 emergency um, again, I, I'd have to look at, at my, but it's dismal. It's absolutely atrocious and dismal. How few people actually take their finances seriously. And I'll, to give you even a worse, I'll give you two stories about the classes that in six days, I no longer have to teach. Uh, these finance classes I run. One question I get commonly, uh, like when people are introducing themselves, I say, Hey, introduce yourself. Tell us what's going on a little bit. Uh, people who are in their late 50s and early 60s that like have nothing saved up for retirement say, it's time to get serious about <laughs> retirement. And I got to just sit there and- I heard that on then, a commercial. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, what do you think? I'm Alex Trebek and I'm going to sell you a reverse mortgage or something? What? I, and then the, the first assignment that we have is it's how much do I need to retirement calculator? So they run the figures like, 
I don't have enough for retirement. I'm like, and then what do I do? I'm like, and I say, well, you're going to have to work to your 75. Uh, and that's fine because there's other benefits that come with, it. you know, like you get to talk to people and a lot of you, very, it's my personal opinion. Very few people can retire. You have to do something. Yeah. So this magic line of 62 or 65, I think is quite arbitrary. Um, but, and this happened four times. Not nine times, nine times, nine times. I don't remember been missing school nine times. Anyone who could tell me what movie that's from, I'll be impressed. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, okay. This happened four times in my 19 years of teaching. People had an IRA or a 401k account. In three, I think, of those instances for over a decade for decades and change, guess what they didn't do with the money? Uh, they have an IRA. It's at the bank. They never they, check to see how it's doing. They put the money that? in it. They put yeah. money into their ne- IRA. Never rebalanced. Are you talking? You know, they never invested it. Period. They oh, just no. funded the oh, my God. Left it in like a money market. Oh my god. <laughs> and I was, and I'm like, what? and that wasn't on purpose. That oh wasn't like, God. well, I don't trust any of these stocks. I'll take no, the guarantee. No. It was, it, it was, was like, well, the bank will take care of it. <laughs> That's hundreds of I'll thousands go puke right of now. All they had to do was invest in the fucking index, make yeah. one transaction, and they would have had hundreds of thousands of dollars set on an automatic <laughs> investment. Oh my God. And that's who you're, those are average people, Doc. That's your commoner out. This is why I have such a disdain and why I wrote the book Curse of the High. All my books are about how much I hate society. It's, but it's, there are so many idiots. But the problem is, we are so spoiled and we spend so much money with debt and we pay for everything that our average people are also effectively functional idiots because they've never had to work at anything. So their IQ mm-hmm. could, could be average, it could be 100. They could be perfectly capable people of perfectly average things. But since, well, why would my parents pay for it? Why should I have to pay for food? Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I, put, I gave it to the bank, they took care of it. Well, this is my house. I own the house. What do you mean the bank's going to foreclose? The level of stupid among average people is insane. Mm-hmm. And I, I get, and, and you're just responsible. You think ahead, Doc, which is what very few people do, which is why I loathe and detest most people. Like yeah, for- it's, it's one of those things where you think ahead and then everything can just be ripped out if, if they say, oh, we're going to rebalance you know, society by taking everybody's right. know, savings Perfect. account and amortize it and perfect example would be roth ira they could simply renege on the roth provision saying oh yeah you know what you're gonna have to pay taxes on that or oh you have a balance over five hundred thousand. well we're going to confiscate a quarter million or uh, uh, you know 50 percent or whatever over that yep and that's and and that's that's a whole other discussion but it's to bail out these fucking lazy miss mcclouds out in fucking vegas Twiddling her twat because she's got jack all fucking shit to do and can't go apply for a waitress job. And so, yeah, at the very least, I mean, I don't check, I don't, I don't study the markets, I don't try to figure out where to put my cash. I don't, I just try not to spend money. That's what I do, you know. And and that's enough. I mean, that alone. If people would just, just not spend less than they make, yeah, you know, 
that would be that would solve the problem. I mean, that it's not complicated. You don't right. need to understand how the markets work and how finances work and all that kind of stuff. If you just have the mindset of just save and, and not even save, just don't spend. That's enough. That's Saving enough, then yeah. becomes automatic if you don't spend. So I'll, I'll tell you this because you guys know my concerns about the property bubbles and, and uh, stock market prices and you know, price to earnings and all that. I think pretty much everything's a, a, a and as, but where I've thrown the majority of my investing in right now, you guys don't want to know where. And I could tell because I've already taken my position in. So you guys can drive it up. Everybody can go invest billions if they want. You know where I threw the majority of my money in? Yourself. Plumbing. Oh. I got myself a new water main. Right. I attached it to that's where that's where the majority of my money went. So yourself, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> it's bringing water to your house. Yeah, dude. no, I I paid off. To tell you the honest truth, Doc, what I don't have kids. And so I take a much more hands-off approach. I rarely balance my checkbook. I just make sure it's not getting stolen from. And I, you know, I keep tabs on yeah. my, on my balance. I, mean, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm insane and putting every, I, I mean, it's just, I'm aware and I'm aware of the trends mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And then I'm also aware of, yeah, what's happening with the house, you know, okay, we're good mm -hmm. for 10 years before a roof goes on and, you know, we want to go to Hawaii, but um, I mean, we'll, to do it two years from now. I mean, that's when it makes sense right. to, to do this. We're going to cycle. Today, we're kind of talking about like the appliances. Like, mm -hmm. you know, at some point we should cycle out the appliances and 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 whatever. But you know, I we went we went shoe shopping yesterday. Took the kids to get their shoes for school, and you know, I didn't buy shoes. And I was kind of thinking, you know, my shoes. Christ, I might have these things till I die. You know, like the Red Wing. Oh yeah, those will last you. They had a minor defect, you know. I got them marked down because the stitching was a little goony on one side. But I mean, stuff like that, and just others. I mean, I, I I just have the shoes repaired by like the shoe guy, and I mean, yeah, I mean, stuff's not. I'll, I'll probably have this stuff for another forty years, honestly. I mean, not yeah. not to be sarcastic, but just I polish the stuff up, you know, and and if it needs tending to, I'll I'll have them Dan the shoe guy, you know, for twenty bucks, put a little you know patch on the back and whatever on my running shoes and. I don't care, you know, because that it works and it saves money. And but, but here's here's the other thing you're doing, Doc. You're doing what all real fathers and men. I, you know, I can be again a little bit more flippant and indifferent. Yeah, like, ah, do we have enough? We got enough. Uh, but you have kids. You budget for your your vacations. You concern about the purchases of shoes. You track your money. You budget. Um, that's what people should do, especially if you have children. Especially if you have children. Uh, but so few people do it. So no, you're not insane. You're rare, but you're not insane. That's what World War II generation people did, is they would budget. And that, you know, and that's if if we wanted to solve all of our financial problems tomorrow, everybody would be doing what you're doing. It's just that's hard and it takes time. And hey, look, Dallas is on. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, yep. what else we got in the chat room? Anything there, DT? No, not really. That's it. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, um, so final stuff here. Where'd my notes go? Oh, everybody go like the video if you're tuned in and you're uh, on YouTube watching now. Go ahead, like the video. Yeah, I'm going to like it right now. You got to like it right now. Like I'm it right gonna like now. It. See that? That's how easy it is. I just like the video, peeps. Awesome. Thanks, DT. You're a swell guy. <laughs> uh, and then also remember, if you just tuned in, the Super Chats are up and running. <clears throat> uh, so you can go ahead and uh, donate. If you'd also like to donate in other ways that uh, uh, cost you money, uh, we have Patreon and PayPal. You can go to olderbrother.com slash donate. The three ways to help out are there, two of which cost you money, and you don't get anything in return. The third one gets you something in return. There's Patreon. 
You can go directly there, patreon.com slash Aaron Cleary. I don't know what the PayPal link is. You're going to have to go to olderbrother.com slash donate and find out what the link is there. But you can also go to the Amazon affiliate program, also located at olderbrother.com slash donate. You're not even donating because what happens is if you click on the link and buy all your Amazon affiliate purchases through there, I get a 7% cut and it doesn't cost you anything. So do not go to amazon.com. Go to olderbrother.com slash donate. Click on the Amazon banner. It takes you right to Amazon's page and buy until your heart's content. Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, Doc, tell everybody where you're at. Sure. Check out uh, safetyphd.com. Safetyphd.com. Just posted a new podcast uh, yesterday with uh, IT specialist uh, Chuck Mack. Charlie. Yeah, Charles Mack out of uh, out of Pittsburgh, and and it's it's pretty insightful. If things we forget about, like non disclosure agreements with your employer, maybe you've been there like five, ten years, and all of a sudden you're switching employers, mm. and what that can mean. And and then uh, we kind of talk about side hustles too. So go go there. And uh, I'm down to a month from now. The book Lessons of Lore Manhattan, which is a, a real critical analysis, uh, more of a, a critique, a slam, kind of against how school funding of safety is happening in the country uh, goes to my publisher um, oh. a month uh, on September 10th, actually goes to the publisher about uh, 55,000 words. Um, Wait, so, you've got a real publisher. It's a real book. And you're I like do. a real author, real, real advanced, real publisher. Yeah. Wow. I had had this for uh, two years hadn't done much with it and have been working uh, and also with an, with an editor. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it really strips out, uh, what's happening. And, and a lot of it is, is just completely ridiculous The spending of money on, on just insane, the, the cash is being burned on insane things that don't contribute to safety. So yeah, I, I, I'm just exposing the industry kind of from the inside out. Um, awesome. but, uh, it'll, it yeah, it goes in and, and we're looking for a release in spring, but anyway, that's down the road, but safetyphd.com would appreciate, uh, checking out that site and, got a nice podcast out there for you with chuck mack cool all right dt what's up i am the happy nihilist as you can tell i just exude happiness happy nihilist.net that's where i blog i just uh posted a an article here uh, a couple days ago about boobs about boobies about the whole uh bo- hashtag boobs for ann and what and what nihilism has to say about that? So. <laughs> All she, right, cool. Anne had a great uh, had a great joke. She she uh, shared the article and said, "My my tits have inspired nihilism." That's a good joke. <laughs> All right, good. Well, thanks for everybody for tuning in, uh, gentlemen. Thanks for being on the show. Next week we'll see. We'll probably get Anne. I got to cycle a couple people and see if Anne and John Steeler. I wonder where John was. I invited him out. He's probably busy doing Seattle shit. But uh, all right, well, thanks for being on the show, guys. We'll catch you next week. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks.